an epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. And we're back on Dealing Together, where we help good people who fell for bad deals. First caller? I had to buy three identical sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller, what's your deal? I paid for 20 tanning sessions, but had to use them in a month. Now I'm orange. Ooh, you got burned. Next caller. I traded in my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24+. Hmm, how's that bad? I got to choose from their best plans. So what went wrong? Oh, nothing went wrong. And you're calling to... To request a song? You want a song course our best smartphone deals your choice of plan learn how to get the new samsung galaxy s24 plus with galaxy ai on us with eligible trade-in at&t connecting changes everything offers vary by device subject to change s24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time terms and restrictions apply see att.com samsung for details this is holly fry from stuff you missed in history class The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Let's go places. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. A star is born. We'll get to that in just about a minute. But right now, we're going to say it and say it loud and proud. Good morning, America. Yes, it's that time. It's Fox Sports Sunday. He's Brian No. I'm Andy Furman. We're coming to you live from the Fox Sports Radio studios. Brought to you by GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit GEICO.com for a free rate quote. Here he is. I swear to goodness when I say this. The hardest working man in show business today works around the clock Every time I click on the radio, I hear his voice. Proud to be my friend and partner, the one and only Brian No. Hello, B. What's going on, Andy Furman? How you doing this fine I'm day, doing, my man? I turned it's good the to radio on. It was 3 a.m. Eastern time Saturday morning. I turned the radio on. I can't sleep. I'm an insomniac. I hear Brian No. It's unbelievable. <laughs> You're all over the place. I thought I was having a dream. 
Yeah, man, I, I you can't get me out of your life, you know? I know, I know. You know, you go to the grocery store, I'm there, you know? Exactly. You, you can't sleep, you got insomnia, I'm there. I'm just haunting your every waking moment, Andrew. It's a love triangle, you, me, and your wife. <laughs> it's exactly what it is, yes. <laughs> exactly right. Uh-huh. You know, I, I'm going to say something right here right now, something I, I've never done before. We have like a smorgasbord of material to get to. We got the Maryland scandal in football. We got what's going on with the Jets with their quarterback. But I, I got to do this story. This story to me might be the greatest story of all time. I'm not kidding you. Can wow. I share it with me? Really? A fan put on a full uniform, got past security at the Steelers training camp yesterday, just missing getting to take part in practice before he was exposed. This story came out of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, reports that the fan attempted to take part in the drills with the team, and then he was escorted off the field. This is unbelievable. This is the greatest thing. I, I want to meet this guy. I want to meet this character. This is great. Almost. It reminds me of, like, the NBA, where a player will go in the opposing huddle and just kind of stand there, and they don't really recognize him for a little while. So you get a lot of these stories in training camp, you know? We just had Chase Daniel of the Bears dress up like a fan seeking autographs, and that was pretty funny to see some of the guys recognize him and other guys not recognize him whatsoever. So this fan took it to the next level, trying to be in the huddle and trying to participate in drills. He wore a number 43 jersey. Uh, he wore a helmet. He got past the security guards. And uh, honestly, he almost pulled it off. It was great. It was great. I, I, I love that. I mean, look, you, you talk about a passionate fan. I mean, you talk about a crazed fan. I mean, I'd love to do that. I, I really would. I mean, it's like a George Plimpton situation. Remember the Paper Lion movie way back in the day when he played quarterback for the Detroit Lions? I mean, look, th- these things happen, but they don't happen that often anymore because there's too much damn security. That's the right? problem. Well, too much security. The, the funny thing to me is there's no way to foresee potential problems in every single facet. You know what yes. I mean? Right, like, right. Can you think of a meeting like, all right, just in case some random fan dresses up and tries to take part in team practice, we got to be on the lookout for that <laughs> right, sort of thing. You know right. what I mean? Or yeah. the guy who just took a plane and was doing barrel rolls and – crashed and he's expected to be dead right now i haven't heard the official word but i mean just think about that like we got to be on the lookout for someone just trying to hop into one of our planes and do barrel rolls and backflips like keep your eyes open head on a swivel over here stay away from alaska airlines will you please really wow but but I will say this much. He learned, I, I give him a lot of credit, may he rest in peace. He, he learned how to fly a plane via computer. And I guess most pilots get their training on the ground through computer work, and then they go up in the air and get some air, air time, I guess. But, you know, he learned. He, the guy's a baggage handler. He, uh, the story I read, it was in the New York Times this morning, that he was really upset because he couldn't get 14 bucks an hour where all his buddies who were working at the airport were getting at least 14 bucks an hour. So what he did, he stole the plane. I mean, really. I mean, it's a, it's a normal thing to do. You steal an airplane really i wouldn't even know how to start it i wouldn't even know where to put the key in the ignition in an airplane (laughs) right 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 but the point with security and foreseeing all of these things we'll we'll dwell on the lighter part of it you can't foresee everything that happens you know the obvious thing is you come back in a lot of different uh other situations and say where was security how do they not know there are a lot of if you were being honest with each other There are a lot of situations where you just don't foresee someone doing what they end up doing. Exactly. I mean, the training. I could see the training period with security people. And remember, uh, take your manual out, page 76, item 132, in case a guy steals a plane. Really? Right. That's not in the book. It's not in the manual. Really? 
knows? Yeah, it, it's, know. yeah there's uh, – think about Kevin Figures doing the, the scraps today I for Jonas' show. Think about I all this him. news that comes out of Florida. I Good know. Lord. That, the that's the state of didn't see this one coming, right? Right. <laughs> There's no way to know all of that stuff before it happens every single time. Well, well, speaking of things that happen, what about what's going on with this football program at the University of Maryland? Their football coach, DJ Durkin, is on administrative leave. I mean, allegations of abuse. I mean, in this day and age, you've got to be a complete putz. You've got to be a moron. They said they were throwing weights and abusing players at practice, uh, obscenities at practice, uh, making fun of their masculinity. How, how does this happen? How does this happen well, in, the, in 2018? Please. I mean, oh. look, as far as obscenities in practice, that's common, right? Like, this is football. They're not getting prepared for the priesthood. So that part of it, goodness, it's not going to become like a, a safe, you know, you always get those videos like not safe for work. Like, oh, yeah. That's yeah. basically yeah. a football field. If you just yeah. mic up people around a football field, it's not safe for work. It's, it's PG. never going to be a situation where it's just clean language, no cursing whatsoever. Look at Jarvis Landry on Hard Knocks going on this huge, and I loved it, expletive laden rant about you know, practicing while injured, and he's dropping f bombs galore. That's, that's the pros, yeah, but that's the yeah. pros, though. But oh college. come on, you think that's know, only I, the pros? I you don't think it's on college football fields, right. high school no, football it, it fields, is, grade school football? I don't fields. think it's, it's as everywhere. much as yeah. I don't think it's as much as it once was because players right now have the ability to speak up and people are listening. That's the difference. Look, man, there's a difference between. I'm not saying what's going on at Maryland is okay. That's not what I'm saying at all. All I'm saying is. When you start laying out the things that they've allegedly done improperly and you throw out obscenities, it's yeah, like, that's, come that's on, bottom dude. of the list. You're right. That's the bottom of it. Because, look, the program right now is in disarray because of the death of their offensive lineman, Jordan McNair, and they claim that basically they put him through some drills and he was vomiting after the drills in the heat and they saw he was shivering. I mean, you have to be aware of this. I mean, you really do. Yeah. And I, I guess the trainer and the assistant athletic director, all these guys for sports performance, they're on paid administrative leave. And I got to believe they're not going to be coming back. Well, I don't believe they are either. And we'll get more information on this thing. But here's the deal. Here's what we know. What you just said, Jordan McNair, he had heat stroke and he died a couple of weeks later in June. And if that's like on the backdrop of this story there cannot be anything, no speck of something that was improperly done, mistreatment of players, verbal abuse, like all of these things that are coming out. You can't have any of that when someone just died on your watch. And it sounds like there's a decent amount of stuff there, whether it comes to the strength and conditioning coach Rick Court, whether it comes to the head coach, DJ Durkin, there can't be anything associated with the program that is the slightest bit improper. And it seems like there's a decent amount. I don't expect DJ Durkin to hold on to his gig at all. I'm with you. I'm with you. It's very it's upsetting. It's depressing. And it could have been avoided, I would think. But we'll see what happens. And that story well, could be ongoing. What could be avoided in terms of some of these stories coming out where if alignment is overweight, they're just... You know, ridiculing him and having him eat candy bars in front of the team. There was a kid that was overweight too, and so they made him eat until he vomited while the the coaching staff was talking trash about him. Like, like that's just that goes above and beyond. I realize it's football field, and I re- realize that they're not going to talk to you like they're giving you life advice, and they're your science teacher in sixth grade. You know, it's a right. different deal in football, but there is a line. 
And those stories go well beyond that line. There's no doubt. There's just sophomoric behavior and like frat house stuff, and it should be happening on a football field, at least on the collegiate level. But the good news is on the football field, if you're a fan of the New York Jets, and we said a star is born, could very well be Sam Darnold leading the Jets 17 nothing over the Falcons on opening night on Thursday night. And honestly, this guy, to me, if he's not starting quarterback for the Jets this year, something's wrong. And, you know, for the Jets, really, you know, it's been, what, 50 years since Joe Willie led them to that Super Bowl. They're starved. He did it at home, and the fans are going nuts. And I think it's something well worth discussing because Sam Donald was, what, 13 for 18, 96 yards and a touchdown. And that's not too shabby for an opening night performance. No, it's not, but goodness, people got to settle down on this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's unbelievable what's going on. It's Baker good, Mayfield though. It's fun. And Sam Darnold go out there and play really, really well against second and third stringers, and people think they're the second coming. It, it, you got to settle it down a little bit over here, Jets and Browns fans. Goodness. Let them, let's see what they do against some starters. Again, it was a good first step, but if your little toddler takes a couple of first steps... Don't act like they're sprinting as a grown person, you know? Like, there's still so much that these guys have to prove to say reasonably, like, all right, they're going to cut it in the NFL. They're going to be legitimate stars here. It's such an overreaction off of one preseason performance. you got to settle it down. No doubt, but for the Jets fans, Sam Donald is a beacon of hope, and this is what he had to say after his NFL debut, debut Friday night against the Falcons. Take a listen. I say it a lot. I feel like the game as a quarterback for me, I mean, the hashes are so much closer than college. So I feel like I can see the field a little bit clearer in a weird way. It's just, it's really nice to be able to get that width and, and be able to see, you know, exactly what the coverage is. You can tell right away most of the time whether it's man or zone, which is really cool. But I think that's just, that's just one of the things that I've been working on in practice is determining man and zone, one high, two high, just those simple things that help you so much in determining what side to go to. Once you can eliminate one side and just work on one side, it makes the game a lot easier. Jet quarterback Sam Donald after the 17 nothing went over the Falcons the other night. But you know what? You talk about fans got to calm down. And I'm with you. I mean, it comes go back to what you said about the 76s and the fanboy thing like that back in the day. Uh, but gosh, you know yeah. what? The media has to calm down, too, because I picked up a copy of the New York Daily News yesterday, the back page of the tabloid. They played a. They they didn't call Donald the Messiah. They called him the Jet Sire. The Jet Sire. <laughs> the back page in big bold type. The Jet Sire with a picture of Sam Donald. So you know, media kind of gets it rocking and rolling too. And look, this is what it's all about. Hope. It's all about hopefully this team could get to the playoffs and do something. They, they're starved. The two teams, Cleveland and the Jets, the Browns and the Jets. These fans are starved for so many years. This is their ray of hope. Look, man. Look. I, I, there's, I'm fine with hope and optimism and all of that. That's fine. But I'm not a fan of being unreasonable and it just being swept under the rug because they're desperate. Like, that doesn't make any sense to me. I, I know it's been a long time. It's been decades for both franchises since they've had a legitimate franchise quarterback. But that doesn't mean that just flying off the handle and proclaiming them, these guys are stars, they're destined to be. Teddy Bridgewater was 7 for 8. Are you saying he's destined to be a star? Tyrod Taylor was 5 for 5. Is he destined to be a star? It's just because Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold, there's that unknown. And people are being seduced by it with the backdrop of desperation. So I'm not sitting here saying, don't be optimistic, don't be hopeful. I'm saying while being optimistic and while being hopeful... 
still trying to find try to find a way to be reasonable in the middle of it, right? That, there's no nothing doubt. wrong with that. I'm with you. Couldn't agree more. He's Brian No. I do agree with him. The man of reason, Brian No. I'm Andy Furman. We're live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. By the way, you could get a hold of us quite simply. You really, even a fool could do this. You could do it on Twitter at the No Show, N O E Show, at Andy Furman F S R, or better yet. Give us a call, 877-99 on Fox, 877-996-6369. The lineup looks like this today. We're just getting started here. Bronx talk at the end of this hour. Hour number two, bottom barrel betting. And in our third hour, the Sheik himself, NFL football expert, Alex Marvez. And after that, nose pick. So stay right here, but wait till you hear about this face-to-face confrontation. That's next. Smorgasbord of ball. They'll make a movie out of this. We'll tell you all about it in just about a minute, 20 past the hour. We call it Fox Sports Sunday. He's Brian No, I'm Andy Furman. And by the way, we're proudly brought to you by Granger, the products and services you need when you need them. Granger's got your back to help keep your facility running. Granger, for the ones who get it done. You know, uh, B, we had the NFL starting on Thursday. The curtain's up. We're here to go until... February and most people are going bananas. They're going crazy. Fantasy football drafts, and I know you're excited. I, I know you love the game, and I and I enjoy it. I do. I don't go bonkers over. I enjoy it, but I'm one of those few that get real depressed when football starts because I know it's the end of summer, and I know pretty soon it's going to start getting dark about four thirty in the afternoon on the East Coast. So I, I have a different take towards this. You know what I mean? So it's just I love football, but I understand the summer's coming to an end, and I love summertime. Well, hey man, I'm sorry to. To see summer go away, especially for you, Andy Furman. You hold it near and dear to your heart. Yes. Sorry, but but you get ball. You got ball in your life. Yeah, you do. You do. So you get a little bit of crispness. You get a little bit of darkness a little bit earlier. But you got ball to help compensate. I like ball. There you go. Okay. Now, (laughs) if you talk about ball, I like ball. However, I would think. That one of the best stories I've seen lately, and I know not the guy who snuck into the Steelers training camp with the jersey on, Shaquem Griffin, the rookie linebacker from the Seattle Seahawks, playing against the Colts the other night, had eight tackles, five solo tackles. And you know, I'd say, well, big deal. Yeah, it is a big deal. Here's the cue to play for Central Florida. He had his left hand amputated when he was four. I cannot imagine. I know I cannot imagine anybody who had his left hand amputated and even had the the Cuyunis, the hangy-downs that say, yeah, I'm going to play football not only in college, but I'm going to play at the next level. To me, this is a story made for Hollywood. This will be a movie one day, I promise you. The Cuyunis? Yes. You coined a new phrase. I like that. New terminology by you, Andy Furman. That's well, good. it's the football season now. You know. Yeah. <laughs> we need more uh, hangy-down terminology, All right, apparently. There we go. Yes. I mean, look. Yes. Um, you look at it from one point of one angle with Shaquem Griffin, everything that you mentioned is completely accurate where this guy, he could have used not having a left hand as an excuse his whole life. He never did. He never let it slow him down. All the naysayers who said he couldn't make it to college football. He proved them wrong. All the naysayers who said he couldn't make it to the NFL. He proved them wrong. And for to see him with his debut, he had four straight tackles, like four straight plays. So that's cool to see. But another angle is just like Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield. 
I got to see them do this against starters. No, no. You know? you, so but let me I realize what second. you're saying, Andy, and it's true. It's a great story for there. what it is, and you're not projecting him to be Ray Lewis going no, forward. Yeah, That's and fine. He, so, and if he didn't that, have the stats, forget the stats. The fact that he's wearing a jersey in the National Football League amazes me. Forget about this. The stats is just icing on the cake. You know what I'm saying? I'm not projecting it to be anything. I mean, he's not going to be. He may not be a Hall of Famer. May not be an All Pro. The fact that he made it, this would be to me like a, a concert pianist going to Carnegie Hall with one hand. That's what this is to me. This is how big this is. What an inspiration for any kid who has something like this in his life. Well, yeah, he's a a great inspiration for a lot of people. That you know, the naysayers say you're never going to make it anywhere. You're not going to do anything, right. and they look at him. For inspiration. So it's an awesome story, an awesome story. I'm just telling anybody who's, you know, wearing a Seahawks jersey that sees him balling out in the first preseason game and they think, oh my gosh, we got to steal here. He's going to be a baller in the NFL. You got to see more. You got to see him do it against starters to understand, like, okay, for sure, I see the talent. I see that he's going to be able to be a playmaker. Competition matters. You just no mentioned him coming from UCF. That's the best way to look at this. I look at these performances in the preseason. It's like UCF beating Tulsa, right? Like if UCF beats Tulsa, I don't care because I consider the competition. Now, if UCF beats a top five team, now I'm like, whoa, okay, you got my attention. I can see that you can hang and beat the big boys. So it's the same thing with these preseason performances, Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold are the equivalent of UCF beating Tulsa. It's going to take just more than that for me to really buy in and say, all right, these guys, they've got the, the potential to be the real deal. I may be mistaken here, and if I am, please smack me around, but didn't UCF get a championship flag that they're national champs? Didn't they get a banner? Didn't they yeah, and who to gave get them a banner? That banner? What? I. Right. They, they gave they got, themselves they, that banner. UCF gave UCF well, that right. banner. So, so for the it's the most Fugazi right. declaration right. in the history of sports right there. UCF <laughs> national champs. For the uninformed me. who drives down the street. They weren't even in the college football right. playoff. But for the uninformed who drives down the street and sees that banner and say, wow, I, I live here in, in Central Florida, home of the national championship football team, right? I mean, perception if I is reality. There, I would That's deface it say. like those Kobe murals. Right, That's right. what it would look you like. You know, I was a national champion, guys. You and what? I'm sorry to see, be I'm so negative. I'm part of the UCF team, too. So, you know, if we're, if we're going that route, too, I guess I'm a national champion. Well, they, they, I thought um, he went to USC, right? Yeah, yeah, you, you had the USC I'm joking with you guys. You had the USC band at your wedding. What are you talking about, really? Please. No, do, speaking of that, did you guys see a few a while back that Scott Frost he kind of felt uncomfortable with the whole national championship ring that they uh, that they gave out to all the guys like he yeah, they wasn't stole it from his house. It. He had all his rings stolen. They found the culprit the other day. They, didn't you hear about that story when he moved to Nebraska? Yeah, yeah, he yeah. Lost. Oh, they got him. They caught the guy. It was a girl. Was it the same guy, seventeen-year-old girl, Pittsburgh Steelers yeah. training camp. No, it was a seventeen-year-old girl. You're right. It was a girl, <laughs> and they found the, the ring. Are you serious? Seventeen-year-old girl broke in and started stealing stuff. Exactly. Go ahead, Ryan. You know it. You know the story. Actually, uh, it's me, Iowa Sam. Uh, oh, I, oh, oh, hello, hello. <laughs> hey, um, Iowa. Yes, hello. I'd like to uh, offer a little correction on that story. It's actually he found the rings. They were in his garage in a box, but this this girl ended up breaking into the house, which, which is under renovation, and she stole like some shoes that were sports memorabilia in a way, and she stole some things. But he actually did find his championship rings. Good for him. Yeah. Wow, so it was man. just kind of a mix-up, but also the girl did 
burglarize the house and steal some things, but not all of the things that he thought. Great. There you go. Thank you so much for that update. She got busted stealing shoes and what, dish towels? What else did she take? She make off with an apron? Is it a major score? Goodness. You're going to break in, get some stuff. Shoes? Good Lord, that's a... And how could she? How could a seventeen-year-old girl fit into Scott Frost size shoes? That I don't get either. But that's a story for another day. We'll move on. It, it's almost as dumb as what happened before that game in Buffalo the other night. Uh, it was really awkward. Really, Cam Newton decided to confront Kelvin Benjamin over the comments that Benjamin made uh, over last weekend. And Benjamin said that he wished the Panthers hadn't drafted him back in fourteen, and that it would have been successful over the last few years if we played with another quarterback. I will tell you this much: Cam Newton looked like the class individual. He learned. He he didn't want to get crazy, and I thought he did a good job of it. He offered peace, and Kelvin Benjamin wanted no. nothing of it. Yes. No. Yes. No. That is not. No. That is not Cam Newton coming over there like, hey, buddy, let me extend an olive branch. I know you crushed me, but hey, let's hug it out. That was not how Cam Newton approached that thing. He walked over to him like, hey, uh, playboy, is there anything else you want to say? Because there might be a problem here. That's no, how Cam no. Newton walked over to him. He I was a space so. invader. He got right up in his grill and he's like, so uh, I've been hearing. Your, my name in your mouth. Like, anything else you want to get off your mind here? That's what Cam Newton did. And I applaud him for doing that. In 2018, it typically plays out via social media. But Cam Newton, he didn't get to it back and forth on Instagram or Twitter. He went up to the source and was like, you got anything else to say? No, but I think that was the, not like, no, he, let's I, hug it out, Kelvin. No, That's I didn't say hug it out. He took happened. the high road. He took the high road make, making the first move. Let me tell you about this Kelvin Benjamin character, okay? If you remember, I'm going back in time, a little history. Last October, Cam Newton completed a long pass to him and when they were playing the Chicago Bears. It ended up, I think, on the Bears' 15-yard line. The Panthers were down 17-3. to There were 12 seconds left in the half. Uh, as 10 Panthers sprinted now to the new line of scrimmage so Newton maybe could spike the ball before they could try a field goal, Kelvin Benjamin, this clown, stood where he caught the pass, held the ball in what appeared to be an act of self-affection, and by the time the ball was spiked, you know what? Too late, half over. It's a me, me, me situation with Kelvin Benjamin. He's a clown. I, I mean, look, what he initially said about Cam Newton is pretty accurate. Because he was talking about Cam Newton not being accurate. And you yeah, compare him yeah. to other quarterbacks, a lot of quarterbacks in the NFL, and they are more accurate than Cam Newton is. Agreed. So his initial comments, he made it sound like he could be uh, better with almost anybody in the NFL. I don't believe that. But he specified it saying any accurate quarterback, it would have been a better situation for him. So his initial comments, they're pretty accurate. And I can understand Cam Newton having a problem with it. Cam Newton went over there. Cam Newton absolutely called his bluff, and Kelvin Benjamin looked small. He looked like he shrunk in the moment when Cam Newton went over to him like, hey, Patna, we got any problems over here? So he got shown up. He got punked. Kelvin Not Benjamin. really. Benjamin had the last left. He had four passes for 59 yards, and he caught a 28-yard touchdown. If you so- think that four catches in a preseason game is the last laugh, you got a bad definition of the last laugh. Well, we'll see who has a better season this year. I tell you what, I still think Camp took the high road. I really do. He didn't have to go over there, but maybe, you, maybe you're right. Maybe he went over there for confrontation Look, purposes. He absolutely I, 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 went over there like, yo, we'll never you want to say anything else over here? Like, look at how he was standing. He was right in his face. He had his hands behind his back. That's That's the posture of, hey, man, you might see a left hook or a straight right coming at you one of these any second now. That's how he went over to him. So don't 
don't misread that as if Cam was giving him a, like, hey, group hug, everybody, come over here. Let's hug it out with Kelvin Benjamin. That's I'd not like what to he hear did. what the public has to say about that. 877-99 on Fox. We'll take a couple of calls on that Benjamin Newton thing. 877-996-6369. We're live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. He's Brian Noah, Andy Furman. And by the way, what this team really needs is a lot of luck. That's next, but first to our main guy, Kevin Figures for the latest. All right, Andy, some baseball games of no Saturday night included the A's, who are in the thick of the wild card race and still alive in the American League West Division race as well. Oaktown hammered the Angels 7-0. They find themselves not only within a game-and-a-half lead over Seattle in the wild card race, they only trail the Astros by three-and-a-half games for the division lead. Seattle did beat Houston 3-2 as Charlie Morton suffered just his third loss of the season. Elsewhere, the Phillies got home runs for Michael Franco and Cesar Hernandez in a 5-1 win over San Diego. Philly leading the National League East by one game over Atlanta, who lost to Milwaukee on Saturday. Boston swept a doubleheader over Baltimore. Rockies with a walk-off victory over the Dodgers. Wins for Arizona, the Yankees, and the Nationals. Online car shopping can be confusing. Not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car, so visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Third round of the PGA Championship, Tiger Woods' short game was caught in the struggle. Otherwise, he very well might be sitting on top of the heap right now. But as it stands, Tiger in a tie for sixth at four shots off the lead. Brooks Kepka shot four under 66. He tops the leaderboard at 12 under. He has a two-stroke lead over Adam Scott. Guys. Thank you. Thank you, Kev. We'll see you in about an hour. Hey, this guy had 600 days of rest. We'll get to that in just about a minute. Brian No, Andy Furman, we call it Fox Sports Sunday. I want to welcome everybody to the Fox Sports Radio Studios. We're brought to you by GEICO. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with GEICO. Go to GEICO.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. And, of course, in less than 10 minutes, we will have Bronze Talk with the one and only Sammy K. All right, are we ready now for this? Because, you know, you know as well as I do. You know even more than me because the amount of football that I know you could put in a thimble and put 10 quarts of milk in there, and that's still not enough. But it was the first game since the final week of the 2016 season. Last year they went 4-12 and without him, and Andrew Luck was under center for the Colts in the 19-17 win over the Seahawks on Thursday night. I think it's great to see him back. I really do. And I'm sure people in Indianapolis are real happy to see that too. Oh, yeah. You got to love that scene. I thought that was the most encouraging performance thus far of the preseason. And that's also considering Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, any of these rookie quarterbacks, Shaquem Griffin, all of that. I think that it's Andrew Luck because he wasn't airing it out downfield, but he was accurate. He was precise. He looked comfortable. Mm -hmm. We didn't know if he would even be able to throw a regulation-sized NFL football. That's all we heard all offseason was, well, he's playing with the Nerf football right now, and we'll see in a month or so if he can throw a normal NFL football. So to see that, to see him looking good, and to also run and take a hit from Bobby Wagner, pop right back up, and that was against starters as well. This isn't Baker Mayfield playing against third stringers that aren't even going to make the team. Sam Darnold doing the same thing. He's doing well against a bunch of guys that aren't going to make the team mostly. Andrew Luck was doing it against starters, so I thought that was the yeah. most encouraging performance thus far of the preseason. He completed 69 passes for like 64 yards, and uh, most of them were in the opening drive when he was like 5 or 7, and he, he completed passes, I think, to five different receivers. Now, that's not to say that they're going to be great this year because I still think that got to keep him up right. 
That's the key. I got to keep him upright. And I tell you what, from what he went through from the shoulder to the punctured rib and everything else, I, I, I scratch my head. I marvel at this. Why would you come back? I mean, there's a machoism, I guess, in, in football or athletes in general. And, and I tell you, I, I, just, I just don't understand why these guys continue to go through the pain. I guess maybe they're not considered men by others if they don't do it. I wouldn't do it. You know, after what he went through and the fact that I could still walk and talk and, you know, not limp and, and, and can breathe, I think I'd walk away from the game. I think I would. It's a shoulder injury. No, before there's that, no, before yeah, the shoulder injury. That's that, what kept him out for a year. You I know? understand, yeah. It's a physical game. It is. And you get compensated quite handsomely for it. So for Andrew Luck to battle back, and that's a tough guy. There are a lot of tough, tough players that have these really serious injuries that aren't pleasant whatsoever. Right. And to battle back and go there, you know, he's still a young guy. This is still the early stages of his career when you really look at his body of work thus far. So to go back there and play, and I, I totally get that. He's not to a point where he's having a hard time getting up out of bed and walking and He's got plenty of football left in front of him where he can I still have so. a good quality of life afterward. Yeah, Andrew Luck finally playing football again. I don't know about you, but it's great to see the guy in the field again, and he was pretty excited after the game. Listen to him. I really had fun. Like I, I really enjoyed it. I mean, like I've told you guys earlier, I didn't quite know how much fun, I, if, if I would have that, this much fun again practicing football. I didn't know if I'd have this much fun again playing football. It's a preseason game. You know, I, I'm not going to overblow anything. Or blow anything out of proportion, but but it's still a game and it's still a chance to go up against another another color jersey and it was a fun step along the way. Amazing. Andrew Luck, his last game was January the first, twenty seventeen, a twenty four twenty one over Jacksonville. And as you mentioned, B, he missed all last year with that shoulder injury. He's back and you know, really, I mean, shame shame on the Indianapolis Colts for like almost deceiving everybody throughout this entire year. You know, is he coming back? What's he doing? Remember, we try to find out so much information. Alex Marvez, our great insider, he, he just they were just closing shop on everything, and they said he wasn't throwing a football at all. And you even said he was throwing a Nerf ball. It's kind of crazy, but I'm glad to see him back. Well, yeah, and I think that Andrew Luck is one of a handful of players and coaches where it's really refreshing to hear them talk about how much they missed football and the roles that they used to have. And it's gotten to a point where a lot of the conversations about the NFL tend to be negative, where it's, oh, the ratings are down, and oh, we got controversy, we got protests. They go, nah, nah, nah. But you hear a lot of these guys, Andrew Locke talking about how much he missed the game. Teddy right. Bridgewater talked about it after their preseason opener. RG3 talked about it. After the Hall of Fame game, John Gruden just talked about it. Almost 16 years ago, he was the head coach of the Raiders the last time. And he talked about his debut saying, it was awesome, man. Loved being back there. So it's refreshing and it's positive to hear a coach like John Gruden, players, these quarterbacks that haven't been able to compete for over a year with... RG3 was out of football for a year. Andrew Luck, same thing. Teddy Bridgewater, same thing. So to hear them like, man, it's so great to be back. I missed it like crazy. They're giddy over preseason action. I I love it. I think it's great. Well, you know, I'm with you on that. But the common thread with everything you just said is the fact that they were away. And it's like anything else in life. You don't know what you miss until you miss it. 
You don't know how badly you miss it until you miss it. You don't hear the current players who basically are there. They're the ones that are moaning and bitching about training camp or bitching about the, the practice situation or we don't get enough towels or water, whatever it may be. Now, stay away from the game for a while. Miss it for a year like Andrew Luck. Wow. Then you miss, then you really miss it. It's almost like health. You take it for granted. You get up in the morning, you walk around, but when you get a backache, oh my goodness. But when you lose that backache and it goes away, then you're really appreciative of good health. That's the way it is. Right. You're not going to have a a true appreciation or the same appreciation until you lose and until it's gone. So yeah, that's true with all of those guys, but make no mistake. It's not as if these guys that haven't been out of football for a year Every single one of them's just like, there we go again. Here's the beginning of the season. Here's training camp. Like, <laughs> there's still right. players that are like, oh man, it's good to have the pads back on. I felt like that every single year. Every year, I, I didn't have to be out of football for a season to appreciate it. It's a different level of appreciation if you have been out for a year. But it's right. not as if you have no appreciation if you haven't missed a year. You know what I mean? Right, right. No, I, I look. The bottom line is that if you play the game, you're playing it for love. I, I honestly think that the money is great. Again, the money is icing on the cake. They play the game for the love yeah. of the game. That's why because they played all their lives without getting paid. So this is well, icing on the cake when you go to the NFL to get paid. Yeah, but I mean, look, it's it's a combination of the two. It, it's a business. It's a gig. It pays handsomely. But you also love it. There are, it, you, you turn it into, it's a combination of both. It's not one without right. the other, right? We could probably leave it at that. And I will tell you this much right now. If I knew then what I know now, if I was 8, 9, 10 years old, I would bust my rear end. I would want to play in the NFL because of the money. That, that would be my motivational drive. You know, work, why would I want to go to the gym and work out eight hours a day? Because I know maybe I can make a couple of million dollars. So, yes, the money is a motivation, and maybe that's why they initially played football. Yeah, the love of the game with that brass ring, the gold ring, really, of getting that big paycheck one day. And I would have done that. I would have well, done that. I, I mean, typically you start playing something that you love. There are exceptions. Curtis Martin, great Jets, Patriots running back, Hall of Famer. He talked about openly not loving football. And uh, someone, I think it was a pastor, saying, hey, maybe you use it as a, like a, a vehicle to be able to do good in your lifetime. And that's when he truly embraced football. So there are exceptions. Barry Sanders was never a huge lover of the game of football, but he had extraordinary talent. So right. there are exceptions, but typically you start throwing a ball on the playground because you love the game. It starts with that love more times than not. And I love working with you. How's that? I love Sundays. I wish they had seven Sundays in a week. How's that? <laughs> How's that? Really? Brian, no, Andy Furman live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. You know, Aaron Boone might be the center of attention in the Bronx these days. You know what? We're going there to find out. Next. Bronx talk coming right up. About 12 minutes before the top of the hour. This is Fox Sports Sunday. He's Brian No. I'm Andy Furman. We're live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. And before we introduce the one and only Sammy K, I got some great news. There's a quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to Geico.com and in 15 minutes you could save 15% or more on car insurance. As mentioned, your host, the one and only Mr. Bronx himself, Sammy K. Guys. Guys. It's time to channel your inner New Yorker. We want to hear all the rationalities you can spew on the hottest topics of the day. 
Something we like to call Bronx Talk Radio, hosted by the great Sammy K. All right, get ready, you unwashed shoe cobblers. Oh. Shoe shines, you unwashed. You dirty bums. I got an ugly story for you coming up here. Fill up your slop buckets, all right? But here, first, let's talk about something here. Fascinating, all right? Listen here. We got it. We're getting our first male cheerleaders in the NFL. Yes, the LA yes. Rams and the New Orleans Saints will feature. Male cheerleaders for the first time in the history of the league. What do we think of that? That's, I love it. It's new. like t- Title IX Prime, Title X. I love this. It's about time. Because there's a lot of us guys, you know. You know that, Brian. You know a lot of us guys can move a little bit. We can shake it and bake it, you know. We can. You know what this is? I'll tell you what this is, gents. This is a reaction to all the supposed sexism when yes, we have yes. female cheerleaders. All right? It's a good way to say, hey, we ain't sexist. We got male cheerleaders. Hey, they over can throw here. high kicks too, right? you know. These guys can throw the high kicks, all but right? They better shave their legs. They, you, get I a megaphone. Know. I don't get know. a megaphone, you male cheerleaders, but you can do some stunts now. All right, you can throw the lovely female cheerleaders way up high in the air. You, you can go. do some pyramids. You can do some new stuff over there, but it is a good way. It's a good way to say, hey, we ain't sexist. We got male cheerleaders. Yeah, and you'll see too. the ladies in the stands with the binoculars looking at us. Yeah, yeah come yeah, on. We right. want to bring ladies into the stands. That's yeah, fine. Exactly. You know, and, and this is not a lot, whole lot different from uh, college cheerleaders, all right? They're making the formations and stuff, but these guys are going to be doing the high kicks like the ladies. You know what I'm saying? They're it's not all going to be high kicks. That's not like going to be some high kicks. Too. They're doing the same stuff. Is their They're female not doing counterparts. high kicks. Yes, they, they are. Yes, doing high they kicks. are. I want to know, though, who's the last uh, franchise in the NFL to bring in uh, male cheerleaders? My guess is the Dallas Cowboys. I'm just saying they got a tradition there. I don't think they want to disrupt it. Hey, right. Sammy, turn around. Yeah, I want to give you a high kick. All right, yeah, right to my right to my noggin there. Yeah, there right. you go, yeah. All right, let's uh, move on. Something uh, not so great here. We talk about the current mess unfolding at uh, Maryland. Head football coach DJ Durkin on leave after that explosive ESPN article came out last Friday about that allegedly toxic culture within the program. Uh, Let me tell you this, though. Durkin's former boss at Florida, current South Carolina head coach Will Muschamp, he blasted the article on the the anonymous former Maryland staffers and players quoted in the article. Here we go. He essentially called this fake news saying, quote, there's no credibility in anonymous sources. I got a question for you guys. Are guys like Muschamp contributing to this ongoing, growing distrust of the media, sports or otherwise? You tell me. I'll yeah. tell you what he's off his rocker about. Him saying that there ain't no credibility with anonymous Foolishness. sources. Foolishness. I think that he's you should put your name on it. But to say there ain't no credibility, are you telling me that every anonymous source is saying things that are wrong? There Absolutely hasn't been any not. anonymous source that said something that's right in the history of reporting. That's completely false. He's off his rocker with hey, that. Hey, Will, stay in your own lane. Worry about your team. Don't worry about Maryland. Stay yeah, you in got your a, lane. You got a nice young quarterback coming back. Worry about South Carolina, all right? There you go. But listen, anonymous sources have been around as long as reporting's been around. Maybe these guys fear retribution, all right? They go and they say something truthful, and then they get a hateful text message the next day from a bunch of their former bosses and employers or whatever, and they can't work in the sport again. I mean, that's why they stay anonymous. Am I right? Come on, exactly you're right. right. Yeah, there's a conflict of interest a lot of times. Other times, they're just straight pansies. They don't want to put it out there because they don't want to face criticism. I feel like you should put your name on it yes. if you're going to well, say it. This is heavy like stuff. Like Herm Edwards said, put and your name on it. sometimes the media is protecting their sources, too. Absolutely. And listen, I don't like the way Muschamp went about this. A kid is dead, and his tone was way off base. That's Thank my you. opinion. Yeah, All right, yeah. last Thank thing here. It's uh, back to school soon for the Chitlins. I hated it as a kid. <laughs> I had no air conditioning in the school. 
The first three weeks were hot and miserable, and just the dread of going back to class and back to school shopping. I hated it. How did you guys feel? I hated it. Hate about school. I used to love getting new supplies. School stunk. I love that. And I got news for you, Sammy K, with your cousin over there, Iowa Sam. I never Maybe heard of that guy. I don't know who you're talking about. you in the wrong but, way, yeah. but there's other states that have heard of air conditioning. I know Iowa's a primitive state, but not everybody had it in the, the same. summer. I hated cousin, school because Iowa for the, Sam over there. the first eight years, I was in the same room. I couldn't get out of it. Oh, one-room like schoolhouse just shows your age there. One little Andy. schoolhouse. You know that? It was not good. I, I like tell it. you what, I don't know. Back to school for the kids. We're not in the. We don't have to deal with that anymore. We're, we're free. No. We're free. No. no matter how hard they try, this just won't go away. But right now, it's time to say good morning, America. Yes, it's that time. It's Fox Sports Sunday. He's Brian No. I'm Andy Furman. We're coming to you live from the Fox Sports Radio Studios, brought to you by Geico. Fifteen minutes could save you fifteen percent or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. Let me step aside. Let me take. Take a step back and go into the set the circle. My guy, my partner, my friend, who, in fact, I tell you honestly from my heart of hearts that he is the hardest working man in show business today. During the week, he's in Portland talking sports to you on the weekend around the clock, 24-7 on Fox Sports Radio. The one, the only, Brian No, the up-and-coming star of talk radio. How are you, B? Doing fantastic, Andy Furman. I'm telling you, it doesn't get old. You are my flavor flave, and I say that with affection. Thank you are you. my own personal hype man. You know how Flavor Flav made Chuck D look good in the great rap group Public Enemy. Yes. You are my flavor flave, Andy Furman, and I you're appreciate my, it, my, my man. You know what though? I, I tell you what, I try to be a promo guy for this show. And and I struck out when I wrote to the late night shows telling them about us that we're like buried probably in the worst hours of the world that you could ever be on in radio, like three AM Sunday morning. <laughs> really, I mean really let's face it. I love it. I I work anytime, anywhere, anyhow. But three AM and, and Sunday morning is not really your prime time unless maybe we're drive time in Australia now. I don't know. Maybe we Maybe. are. Maybe. It could be. But, right. you know, you got to look at the positives, Andy Furman. It's 6 a.m. on the East Coast. Right. You know? But Sunday morning still. But still, I'm, I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to be game alive. Day, I'm baby. Happy to talk it's going to be game day pretty soon here. NFL, crank it That's up. That's big. I agree. But I have a promo update number two. Last week, I read that Mike Solskjaer is going to be leaving as manager of the L.A. Angels of Anaheim. So, mm-hmm. like. You know, you know me, I got some free time. I, what do I do? I write a letter to general manager Billy Epler and saying I want to apply for the job. In, in the sense that I want to apply so I could get some hype on this show for you and me. And okay. what I did when I wrote the letter to Epler, I made copies to every media outlet in L.A., uh, then I tweeted it out. Then I Facebooked it out. And then I emailed it out. Okay? Wow. Can you believe I didn't get one response? And Epler hasn't even written me back yet. Really? Oh, yeah, I did get a response from some guy from the uh, the L.A. Daily News, I think it was, and he, he emailed me back. You know what it was? I sent an attachment with my cover, my cover email, and he says that I want you to copy and paste it because I'm not opening an attachment for someone I don't know. This is what <laughs> right? Okay. So I said, I'm a legit guy. I work for Fox Sports Radio. He writes back, I don't care. So I, I copied and pasted it, sent it to him, and then he says, good try. Ha, ha, ha. You know what? <laughs> you can kiss my rear end. 
I'm not going to mention your name because you don't deserve it. How's that? But you know, good, I, what was it? Quote unquote, good try. Ha yeah, ha ha. Yeah, but you see, he's too stupid to understand what I'm trying to do. I do not want to be the manager of the LA Angels. I just wanted to get some hype where they would say such and such who works with Brian No on Fox Sports Sunday is applying for the job as manager to get a little blur. Right? Maybe some columnist will write about us. Maybe I like you, man. You think outside the box. Now he did have the appropriate response. You Which know. is nice try, ha, ha, ha. I know. He I did know. have the appropriate comeback. Yeah, he did. But yeah, he I did. appreciate the effort, Andy Furman. You're thinking outside the box. I'm trying. Man. I'm trying. You know what else is sitting outside the box? These protesters, the stories surrounding and haunting the NFL, now going on year number three, the protest, the anthem. Are they protesting social justice? Are they protesting against the president? I don't even know what they're doing right now. But I do know this, that Eagle safety Malcolm Jenkins raised a fist during the pregame against the Steelers the other day. And... Uh, it was the Eagles' first preseason game, and he stressed, even with the new rules that were back in May, this action is still important. Listen to what he had to say. And where we are now, I just think it's important uh, that we continue to keep this conversation going, um, that we don't let it get stagged. League is going to do. That doesn't mean that, that we stop what we've been standing up for. Hey, listen, Malcolm. I, I I appeal with you. I'm, I'm in your corner. I understand what you, you, your passion, your, your, what you want to do. Let, let me just say one thing. It's bad for business. It's bad for business. That's the number one thing. Do it on your day off. Do it when the jersey is not on. March to Washington. Tuesday's your day off. Get the entire NFL to go with you to Washington, to anywhere you want to protest. And I'm with you. I'll march with you. But the fans don't want to see this. And the NFL doesn't want to see it. And the fans are balking at it. They really are right now. Well, here's the thing, man, is, again, it comes back to the anthem. This whole thing has led to misunderstandments all across the board. Right. There are plenty of times where people will look and hear comments of, hey, man, I just don't appreciate the method of kneeling or protesting, but I support the message and the goal exactly. of racial inequality going away and racial in- injustices going away. They look at that and you're like, well, you're saying one thing, but it, it kind of sounds like you're not for it. It's like, no, 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 I'm just not for kneeling or protesting. Where if, let's just say for the sake of argument, Andy, there was no more protesting during the anthem, but players like Malcolm Jenkins were doing other things. Where Let's just say in their post-game press conferences, they devoted a portion of their answers toward expressing views about um, racial injustice and things that could be done to cure it. Right. There's not going right. to be near as much venom. To make it sound like there's just venom against black folks for the sake of, you know, just it being black folks is completely off base. It's totally off base. And I wish that, I wish that for this reason, I wish that the protesting during the anthem would go away while still bringing light to racial injustices and then see the venom decrease exponentially and then what are you going to say then then what's your comeback in terms of that happening and you know it would play out that way you know it's a funny situation i read a quote from malcolm jenkins who was in philly.com and i'm quoting what he said the other day quote quite frankly guys in our league don't like being told what to do what they can and what they can't do malcolm i'm sorry you're an employer, employee. Your employer tells you what to do. That's basically what well, it is. I mean, I, mean, I, I don't understand the, the, the mindset. I really don't. 
Well, I can understand what he's saying. He's No one likes being told what to do. But that's the problem with the NFL. They haven't told the players what to do. They started they did, to this offseason, and they're like, well, n- never mind. Never mind. We're not going to enforce this policy. We're going to talk it out a little bit more. It's such a joke what the NFL has done. The NFL has refused to get tough on this issue, and they wonder why it's still an issue. We're going on year number three here. They should right. have taken a page from David Stern's playbook when he was the NBA commissioner. And Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf wasn't recognizing the anthem. He wouldn't stand for the anthem. And they fined him. They suspended him. They were docking him game checks just a little bit under $32,000. And you know what happened two days later? They came to a compromise. Yes, they Magically. Did. Unbelievable. That's the way it happened. So what the NFL did when Colin Kaepernick began his protest... All they've done is kick the can down the road. No doubt. Instead of saying, you can't do this, and these are the punishments if you don't, you know, adhere to the rule. And, and, the, and the, blame, the policy. The blame they've falls done that solely, for two plus years, right. and that's why it's still a thing right no now. No doubt. And the blame falls solely, not so much on the NFL, now it does, but then on the 49ers, really. And I'll continue what Jenkins had to say. He says, and it makes sense here. Listen to this. We don't have this type of policy for other causes we support, whether it be our salute to service, breast cancer awareness, or anything else. It's just when you start talking about black folk, quite frankly, it's disheartening, but we'll continue to be creative. But the point of the matter continue is continue to be creative where's the creativity the it's still the anthem where right. the hell is the creativity and, and there's no solution it's just still protesting go but, to the go next back step to andy go back to what you said that quote where he was comparing it to salute to service and breast yeah, cancer we don't awareness. have this type of policies for the other causes we support whether it be our salute to service or breast cancer awareness or anything else it's just when you start talking about black folks quite frankly it's disheartening, but we'll continue to be creative. But what is being creative by putting your fist up? That's all he's doing. And, and after that, they go play a game and they like, move on. I don't understand what he's even saying there. How is, how is breast cancer awareness a protest? How is salute right. to service a protest? It's right. completely – I don't even understand what he's trying to Either say right I. there. They're, we're not protesting – yeah. Go ahead, Andy. What no, were you no, say? just say you know, breast cancer awareness and, and anything, a salute to service. They're not protesting. It, it's, a, it's a group situation to honor, to honor and support. They're not honoring and supporting anything by raising their fist. They're protesting. Right. And, and I don't, I'm still not so sure if it's against the president or social justice. I really don't. Well, it's right. It's mostly against racial injustice. And here's the thing, man. This is why the shame of it, it's not just about, well, hey, man, you're, you're kind of bringing politics into my sports and I don't like. It's not about that. The, the big tragedy in this is it seems to a lot of black people that people are against the goal of racial injustices going away. Like, therefore, they're like, no, 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 we want that to continue. It's no, we just don't want the protesting to continue. Right. And here's the, the key. Like, you could come up with all these different scenarios where I was just saying the other day that if it's church and someone bursts in and says, racial injustice needs to go away. Like, I completely agree with that. But yeah. I would look like, is this dude out of his mind saying it right here? Like, that's not the time or place to do exactly. it. Exactly. And if I voice that and say that's not the time or place, it 
doesn't mean I'm against the goal. I support the goal. I just do not support the way you're going about expressing that goal. That's it. That's where it begins and ends with my beef. And I don't want to pick on Malcolm Jenkins alone, the safety on the Eagles, because the Dolphins wide receiver Kenny Stills and two of his teammates were protesting as well. And Stills was actually one of the players who knelt this past week. And this is what he had to say about the situation. Listen to Kenny Stills. A good first step for us as a league would be acknowledging what they're doing to, to Colin Kaepernick and Eric Reed. You can't say as a league that you support the players in their protests and then blackball the players that initially started the protest. You know, it's unbelievable what the league is doing to Colin Kaepernick. Look, he, he did it to himself. Well, really. he makes sense. What he's saying there does make sense. That was actually a good point by Kenny Stills. But here's the problem with protesting. Like, you have to understand things where you can't live life based on how things should be without recognizing how things are. And it should be that we say, you know what, forget about the method of kneeling. Let's let's just get to the message and just focus all of our attention on the message. It would be nice if that's the way it was. But that isn't the way it is. And you have to understand that it's been two plus years and it's been the same thing. It's right. met with venom. People don't like it. They aren't getting past it. So it's like you haven't figured that out by now. It's like you're trying to put the square peg in the round hole. It doesn't work. It's not working. So it's time for plan B. And That's the where public, we're at. Right. And the public will totally get behind the situation because they don't like the way the message is being presented. If the players on their day off, as I mentioned, which would be Tuesday, band together and do something. Do something to create a situation where they're moving in the positive direction to, to get what they want done. And who stirred the pot in all of this to put a bow on it? President Trump. He tweeted out, a football game is no place to protest. So that kind of got people crazy altogether, really. Because you know, he won't let it go. the crazy thing is, look, he's President right. Trump, he's done a terrible job of expressing each uh-huh. of his opinions when he's calling them sons of bees. And the, yeah, there are plenty of things where he, He's described it in a horrible way. But if you really look at it, if you look at what he's been saying the entire time in terms of just what's best for the business of the NFL, he's been right the entire time. And the NFL has refused to get tough and say, this is the policy. If you don't stand and be respectful, these are the punishments. David Stern, if he was the commissioner of the NFL, this would have been addressed years ago, but You're the right. NFL has kicked the can down the road. They haven't gotten tough, and they wonder why players are still protesting. It's and because they wonder why there people are, no are punishments. Yeah, <laughs> why the TV ratings may be down, and why crowds are kind of being lessened. That's the reason, and they got to do something about it. Hey, comments are welcome here, and I know you got some. How do you do it on Twitter at the No Show N O E Show at the No Show at Andy Furman F S R or eight seven seven ninety nine on Fox eight seven seven nine nine six six three six nine. Line up for this hour bottom barrel betting at the end of this hour. Hour number three. Our NFL insider Alex Marvez the Sheik will join us. Follow that by Nose Picks. By the way, we're live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. And if you're a fan of the Buckeyes, well, we've got some good news for you. That's next. This is what you were looking for. We'll tell you all about it in just about a minute. 21 past the hour. This is Fox Sports Sunday. He's Brian No, I'm Andy Furman. And by the way, we're proudly brought to you by Granger. 
the products and services you need when you need them. Granger's got your back to help keep your facility running. Granger, for the ones who get it done. B, I've got a tweet. I know you got a tweet. I don't have one right now that's good enough to read. Oh. Didn't make the cut. You got one. <laughs> got a couple of tweets here. Paul checks in and oh. says a possible solution to the anthem issue. Players agree to not protest during the national anthem. If the NFL will pay for creating PSAs and pay for the airtime and blanket the country during the games. That's possible. Yeah. I mean, really, it's. Yeah. I think it's legitimate where if they say, all right, we're not going to protest, but if you agree to keep our message alive and it actually be focused more on the message without the method getting in the way. Right. I think the that's a legitimate comment by Paul right I there. I think it's great. I tell you what, the method is the killer. The message is, is great, but you yeah. can't get past you can't get you can't get to the message because people don't like the method. That's the right. problem. They're, they're too hung up on the method. There's no right. doubt. And there's a video posted here by Mr. Nice Guy. He tweeted to both of us and it says, if you're curious why they protest, then watch this video. And it's a video from like the Baltimore Police Department, and there was a man who was having words with the police officer. He yells in the police officer's face. The police officer kind of pushes him back because he's right in his face, and the the guy slaps his hand away like, don't, don't touch me, and then the, the police officer just unloads on this guy. Newsflash for anybody out there. If you get in a police officer's face and then you push his hand away, not good. They might beat you up. Okay? Yeah. That's just the way it goes. Whether you're and, white and that's or why they're black. protesting. And that's why they're protesting, right? Please. Well, that's just a bad that's a horrible that's example of why real players bad. are protesting. There are sadly, sadly, much better examples of why they're protesting. Look, you have to have your head completely in the sand if you don't understand why players are protesting. We understand there's more than enough reason to try to establish change and to affect things in a positive way in this country. We get that. But at the end of the day, it's about does it work, right? Does it help the goal or does it not? And I compare it this way real quickly, Andy Furman. If you look at cancer, would you agree that cancer is a problem? Major problem. Absolute major problem. If you were during church, during the national anthem, during a moment of silence, if you just yelled out, fund cancer research, let's end cancer. I completely support, who doesn't support cancer? Yeah, but they put you in a straitjacket after you right. said it, though. But it's where you do it. It's how you go right. about that. People might not say, like, you know, oppose your view or your goal of cancer. But it's not the a, time a or place to found. do it. But right. it's just when you do it. It, why is that so hard for people to understand? That's all it's about. Exactly. And, and certainly, I'm saying if they did it on their day off, not in uniform, banded together and got it done. Yeah. And, and I still say one other thing. I'm not so certain it's still anti-President Trump either because a lot of these teams are not going to the White House. They can't stand President Trump. And I tell you what, I, I would tell you to a man, you take 15, 20, 25 NFL players and get them in a room one by one and ask them why they're protesting, they'll have 25 different answers. I disagree, Andy. It's predominantly against racial injustice. That's The players that at least are protesting right now, whether it's Malcolm Jenkins, it's Kenny Stills, it's about that. Grant, Marshawn Lynch, 
Well, we don't even know. Marshawn hasn't said for sure, but right. we're assuming it's against racial injustice. But there are there are exceptions. Lance Kendricks, who was a, a tight end for the Packers last year, he sat before a game against the Bengals to bring awareness for disaster relief in Puerto Rico. <laughs> like, like, the, like, so there are those are the exceptions. The people right. like last year. There were a few weeks where it clearly was against President Trump and some of his comments calling them S sons of bees, right? When before the anthem, Jerry Jones and the entire Cowboys team, they knelt before the anthem and then stood for the anthem. That was all anti-President Trump. And one other thing, there's a lot of these players that are protesting for fear of peer pressure. They don't even know why they're pro- Believe me, they no, were last I, I year. I disagree, Andy. I, uh, look, it's predominantly against so, racial injustice. I, I agree. There are exceptions, but it's predominantly about that. No doubt. By the way, to switch gears for a second here, a new development on the Urban Meyer situation could really change the entire situation. You know, Urban Meyer, coach of Ohio State University football, is on the sidelines. Uh, and the situation now with this news, he could be back sooner than later. In a text message with sports writer Jeff Snook, Tina Carano, the mother of Courtney Smith, claims she doesn't believe her daughter was abused by husband Zach Smith. Zach Smith, the offensive uh, coach who was fired by Urban Meyer. Now, what does this do for Urban? What does it do for Zach Smith? How credible is this? The web seems to get bigger, but I think with this with this news, I think Urban Meyer right now could breathe a little sigh of relief. Well, I, I don't know about it, Andy, because I, I don't know with uh, Courtney Smith's mom if she's <laughs> trying to cover this thing up. Brett McMurphy, he received text messages from Carano that claimed that she sent Zach Smith um, messages back in 2014 talking about repeated abuse against Courtney. So it's like, how do you have text messages from 2014 talking right. about repeated abuse and now come out and say, oh, no, she's just making this up? The text included putting his hands against her throat and pushing her against a wall to get away. Like, I don't understand what the mother of Courtney Smith is doing exactly. Is she telling the truth? Is she trying to cover it up? But there's some holes in this whole storyline. Well, look, it says Courtney Smith's mother said that she wanted to get revenge on her ex-husband. I mean, this is a story. This is a soap opera for sure. And I'm not so certain that the 14 days that we heard we're going to take for the investigation for Urban Smith is enough time. I don't think 14 days is enough time to make this this situation go away or maybe finalize the situation. I think any more than 14 days. And it's crazy that they said that pretty much out of the gate. Well, how long did it take to take Tom Brady's football to see how uh, there's air in the ball? Really? It shows you where the priorities are. Oh, yeah. Instead of saying, look, we're going to try to be quick about this, but as long as it takes to find out the true answers and to find what we should do and what was proper or improperly done, it's going to take however long it takes for us to get to the bottom of it. They didn't say they were like, ah, 14 days. <laughs> like, no matter, but we'll give it two weeks. We should have an answer by then. That just shows you they're trying to get this thing buttoned up before football season begins. I've never heard of an investigation with a timeline. Have you? Even with Tom Brady with the with the deflate gate. There was no timeline there. It kept on going on and on and on. I've never heard any investigation anywhere, sports or non sports, that has a certain deadline. Now, we're gonna investigate this, but it'll be over by, you know, October tenth. No. Well, I haven't heard it 
with domestic violence. That's for sure. Right. <laughs> to be like, eh, two weeks, let's say 14 days. Yeah. You have an answer by then. Yep. You don't know how. Think about how long Brett McMurphy's been on this story. You know? You think exactly. it's just been 14 days? You think it's been much longer? Oh, are you kidding? Years. <laughs> it's been Years. months and months about tracking things, talking to sources, talking to people. Oh, here's a lead. Oh, I found this. Like, that takes a lot of time. And granted, you're going to have more people on this than just Brett McMurphy, but it still takes a lot of time to figure things out. I would rather this drag out two months into the season instead of it tying right. it off in 14 days. And then all of a sudden, something that you didn't discover is discovered after you make your judgment. You got egg all over your face. You're exactly right. And now they're bringing in Tom Herman, the Texas football coach, who basically was an assistant coach at Ohio State at the time. Texas football coach Tom Herman. Now, he denied a report that he was involved in publicizing the alleged abuse by Zach Smith that led to Zach Smith's firing. It's unbelievable. McMurphy also tweeted a denial that Tom Herman was a source in his reporting. Tom Herman now getting involved here. The coach of Texas, of all people. It's amazing. This thing is going on and on and on. It cannot take 14 days to finalize this. I promise you that. But he'll be coaching. And that's the other subplot here is Jeff Snook, who covers the Buckeyes, saying that Tom Herman was the source. You better have proof. (laughs) Like You better have the goods that Tom Herman is indeed the source or a source in this situation. Because if Brett McMurphy comes right out and says, no, that's not true. That doesn't look too good. You better be able to prove that if you're alleging that Tom Herman is the guy who's feeding all this information about this case. You know what? I'd love to hear from some people listening to us on 105.7 The Zone in Columbus. You could do that at 877-99 on Fox, 877-996-6369. He's Brian Noam, Andy Furman, and we are live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. And the rules may be new. But they sure sound the same. That's next. But first to our guy, K-Fig, for the latest. All right, Andy. At the third round of the PGA Championship, Tiger Woods shot a 4-under 66 to fall into a six-way tie for sixth place at four shots off the lead. Tiger could be in much better position, possibly even leading had he made just a few putts on the back nine. He would end up missing multiple shots from within 20 feet or fewer. Brooks Kopka is the leader at 12-under for the tournament. He shot an identical 4-under 66 for the round. Adam Scott in second place, two shots off the lead, while Ricky Fowler and a few others are tied for third at three shots back. Online car shopping can be confusing, not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car, so visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. On the diamond, Oakland has won eight of their last ten. They mollywopped the Angels in Anaheim seven to nothing. Edwin Jackson pitching into the eighth inning while striking out six. Seattle beat Houston three to two. Red Sox swept the double hitter over Baltimore. Rockies walked off the Dodgers three to two. Wins for the Indians, Cardinals, and the New York Yankees. Gentlemen, thank you, Kev. See you in about an hour. You know what? The more it changes, the more it looks the same. We'll get to that in just about a minute. Brian, no, Andy Furman, of course. Welcome everybody. To the Fox Sports Radio Studios brought to you by Geico. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to Geico.com or call 800 947 Auto. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. And by the way, in less than 10 minutes, your favorite game, and sometimes mine, bottom barrel betting. Yes. And hopefully our guy, Ryan Dennis, doesn't give us 75 questions today. <laughs> right. I love. I how mean, make it easy. I'm not that smart. Not bonus questions from Ryan. Yeah, 
All right, I mean, that's three. It looks like, well, we got a minute. I could get six more questions in exactly. here, guys. Let's make it a nine-pack Yeah, here we're going to do volleyball today, WNBA, darts, and maybe swimming. <laughs> and, and maybe synchronized swimming, too, if we have time. But that's we, okay. You I are love the them. WNBA insider here, Andy Furman. I know. I got it. By the way, by one, the way huh? Andy, I was yeah. talking just <laughs> briefly about the WNBA story last week right. where it was 26 hours of travel. And they Whoa. got back to Vegas, Whoa. and they're like, we don't have enough time. There's fear for injury. We're not going to play. Are you serious? Well, they, Are you have to do, they couldn't do their hair and nails. No, stop it, man. I'm but sorry. I know. It's, Andy, dude, can you imagine? Can you imagine if the same thing played out in a male sport? Because there's, there's bad it, weather. There's delays. College, it happens. Like, you you're talking about college team, teams. NBA-wise, NFL-wise, they had that much travel, and then before the game, the league wouldn't push it back, and they're like, no, nah, we forfeit. We're not playing. Do you realize the amount of criticism that they would face, and deservedly so? Well, the so it's got to be the same factor. for the females, too. You can't no treat doubt. them with kid gloves. you got to be equal. The credibility factor of that league has gone down the crap a big time. And you talk about the NBA, at least those guys fly charter. Let's talk about college teams, a, a low Division One college team that's maybe in the Northwest, Northeast, where there's snowstorms in the wintertime. Normally, you don't hear many cancellations, if at all. I mean, Providence College, I think, last year canceled the game because they, they couldn't play in the arena where there was a minor league hockey team playing and there was a problem with the ice and the, with the ice was melting or whatever it was. But it had nothing to do with uh, air travel or tiredness or lack of fl- flight time, whatever. It was just one of those things that happens in an arena. But to me, this, it doesn't happen and it shouldn't happen. I remember I worked at Oral Roberts University as a sports information guy. We played Marquette in a blizzard, and they kind of uh, washed down the wings You know, when they put that stuff on the wings to get the plane going. I almost refused to get on the plane. And the coach and the athletic director said, get your butt on that plane. I was going to go by bus. I was afraid to get on the plane. We flew, and we played the game in Milwaukee, and we came back home. You just right. that's, well, the, that's what you do. Here's the thing, man, is sometimes – criticism toward female athletes is mistaken for sexism where right. the true sexism would be to not criticize female athletes when you would criticize male athletes if you want equality sometimes that involves criticism and what isn't equal is if you say i would crush the men for doing the same thing forfeiting a game due to travel and not having enough time to recoup before taking the court I'm crushing the men, it's a disservice to the ladies to not crush the ladies. That's equality right there. It doesn't seem like it, but it is. Well, you know what, though? To me, it's a question. Forget about ladies, men, or whatever it is. It's just a it's a black mark on the league. It's it's ridiculous. I mean, Bad. it's yeah. credit. Per- I don't call them the it. Las Vegas Aces anymore. I call them the Las Vegas um, uh Two seven offsuits is what I call them. That's the worst starting <laughs> hand in Texas Hold'em. They're not the Las Vegas Aces anymore. They're the Las Vegas two seven offsuits. Andy Furman. Well, we talk about NCAA and we talked about what happened at the Maryland situation with football and talk about OSU with uh, Urban Meyer. The NCAA rolled out some new rules this week. I'm going to ask you. I mean, I saw these rules. I'm not so certain they were needed at least at this time. Are they going to change anything? I don't know. They're now allowing college basketball players and elite high school prospects, whatever that means, to hire agents who are certified by the NCAA. I got to ask you this, B. How is this going to prevent breaking the rules? Agents are always going to funnel money to players while they're in school. They have been doing it for years. They're going to continue to do so. And I don't know who decides who is an elite high school prospect. 
Well, that was the weird part of it. It was sloppy where, where the NCAA was like, well, USA Basketball, they'll determine it. And USA Basketball is like, what? What? That's news to us. Like, <laughs> it was just, right how there. do you put a policy out there and not alert the NBA and USA Basketball who's elite and who isn't? Really, Andy Furman, at the end of the day, like dipping their big toe in the agent pool here instead of saying, hey, anybody can sign with any agent. They're easing into it, and I think that makes some sense. There's a lot of kinks that need to be ironed out with this thing, right. but it's a step in the right direction, and that's what should be looked at instead of all the holes or anything like that. It's just met with such negativity, where if you boil it down to a step in elite players being able to sign with agents, well, that's not bad. Right. And if players declare for the NBA draft and they aren't drafted, they can return to college. That Which is again, a good thing isn't bad. So right. I don't know why it's met with only, this rule sucks, NCAA, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> it's a step in the right direction. Well, I got, I got a rule that's ridiculous because everybody's cry, crying about fun uh, monies and budgets and things like that. The NCAA is increasing the number of official visits that recruits are allowed to take from 5 to 15. And, uh-huh. and I, why will kids, they're just going to use this to the max. I mean, if I'm a kid in high school, an elite player, and I got an opportunity to spend the weekend at the University of Hawaii, I'm going. I'm going, <laughs> right. really. I have no desire to, to attend the University of Hawaii, but if they're going to give me a trip, I'm going to go. And I think it's crazy. They have no intention to go to half of the schools on those trip lists. I don't know, man. It's like there are kids that would take six trips. You know, imagine that. And it's like it was capped at five, and all right, well, we can't make that extra trip. It's fine. That's going to be a a very few amount of kids that are like, trip number 14, baby. Right, one right. more to go after this one. Right. <laughs> they might take advantage of that, but ultimately, I don't think that's something that you have to worry about. It's just funny how it goes with the NCAA. People have made their minds up that they dislike the NCAA, And no matter what happens, no matter what policy they put in place, it sucks automatically. It's like because of the FBI probe. I've heard that a lot with the NCAA's new policy about kids being able to return to college if they don't make it in the NBA, if they aren't drafted or the elite players signing with agents. People are like, oh, this is just because of the FBI probe. And that's the only reason. It's like, yeah, duh. So what? Like, imagine if there is a certain crime that's ridding a certain community. And the the community is like, all right, we're going to take steps to prevent this from happening and to decrease this from being a problem in the community. Are you going to sit there and be like, oh, it's just a reaction to this, this problem going, so what? Do you want the problem to continue? Right. Or do you want them to try to do something about it? But I got a question, okay, with this 15 trips. Number one, who keeps a record of that? Say I'm, a, I'm an athlete, I got 14 trips, and I take my 15th, and then another school calls me next week, I'm going to take 16. What are they going to do? And who, and who knows? Who keeps the – do you have to file the trips through the NCAA office? Because if that's the case, you know how much backlog they are on and, and paperwork? I mean, I, I don't understand how you keep a record of how many trips a kid takes. I really don't. Yeah, I'm sure it's. I'm sure they have that ironed out, Andy. I don't think they have the policy. I, in if place we, we get a college like, coach right, on here soon, it's the we'll honor system. Him. Just don't take 27. You know, you honestly think I, it's I'm the sure honor you system. Enter it in and have it cleared and yada yada. There's got to be a policy in place. Uh, and it's we'll like you can have a, a spreadsheet. You know, it's not like the old school where it's like telephone books of information. And all right, Bob Smith, I got to thumb through a bunch of documents to see if he's on trip number seven or not. 
It's just computers, dude. Computers make life a lot easier. Yeah, but you got to enter the, the trip in the computer, and who does the entering? That's the thing. Uh, Andy, That's all I'm saying. Like, <laughs> there's cl- there's clearly a policy. You well, want to do some digging and figure well, out we'll, exactly we'll get a code. what? We'll I'll get, report back to you next week if you really want to know how it works. We'll get Huggy Bear on. Bob Huggins from West Virginia. He'll tell us how it works. He'll, he'll talk to us as soon as we get the season closer. We'll do that. Brian, no. Andy Furman, live. From the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. And if you're a coach and you know the answer, give us a call. We'd like to know. I'm curious. 877-99 on Fox. But it's like taking an ice cold dip in the pool. It is. We call it bottom barrel betting. And you know what? It's freaking next. Bottom barrel betting coming right up about 12 minutes before the top of the hour. He's Brian No, I'm Andy Furman. We're live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. we got a game to play, so let's do it. You got that thing for me? It's bottom. Oh, no. I thought you was late. You put my money to sleep. You go get my money or I'll put your brain to sleep. Yes, it is. It is proudly brought to you by Geico. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. And here he is, the man himself, RD, your host, Ryan Dennis. Hello. What's going on, guys? And hey, I I don't have a million questions for you this week because it's NFL preseason and it's easy to (laughs) find. Find some of these things now, some of these betting lines. I was last week because I I know I screwed up with Baker we, Mayfield. Yeah, we we actually had a Bryant tie last sign. week, and mm. uh, you know I set the over under for eighty five and a half passing yards for Baker. Yeah. So uh, so much for that. He had two hundred and twelve by the end of the game. So crapshoot, man! I didn't know how long he was going to play. I didn't either. I, didn't I figured he'd just play for uh, a first couple, and then they'd put in you know. Uh, who's is it? Drew Stanton is their third string or something like. Who cares? But uh, Andrew Luck, point five drives. He actually, I think he played two drives. Actually, yeah, as a matter point. of fact, so good for him. I love seeing him back on the field. All right, so for this week, guys, we got a little more preseason action here. I tallied it up, and in all the sixteen games this past week for Week One, there were twenty interceptions thrown by various QBs throughout all those games. So in week two of the preseason, where it's probably safe to assume that you know more backups are going to get even more playing time, over under 22.5 interceptions throughout all the games. Brian. Wow, I have no idea, man. That's a total <laughs> coin flip. Are you kidding me? I... So we got a full slate of 16 games. All right, so a little more than one interception per game. Yeah, take the over. Absolutely. All right. All you right. know, I, I rather with the backups, I'd rather you're going with the fumble number than interceptions, but I gotta go with the over because the backups are gonna be there, the two and threes will be playing. Fair enough. Fair enough. Hey, out of the top five QBs from this year's draft, you know, Mayfield, Darnold, Allen, Rosen, or Jackson, who throws the most touchdown passes in week two of the preseason? Andy. Wow. Who throws that? You know what? I'm gonna go with Donald. Dude, this the- has tie written. Oh, oh, over man. it, dude. Why why do you rage against the 3 and 0 no machine? Why? You know? <laughs> when was the last time you, you were 3 and 0? I stay awake at night trying you know to uh, trying to get 3 and 0 no, just not not there. <laughs> I blame Ryan Dennis for the disappearance of 3 and 0 no. If you look yeah. at some of his questions, Andy Furman, they're questions like this. Do you really what do you think the odds are that we have one guy who throws more touchdowns than the four other guys? 
Or do you think we're maybe going to have a tie with two guys throwing two interceptions or two touchdown passes apiece? What do you think, Andy? Well, you know it's not going to be Josh Allen. He probably won't be playing. I mean, come on. I mean, it's he played AJ a lot. Mc- I mean, pick, yeah. pick two if we if you want to if you if you want to get two of them. No, 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 no. Yes, the question. <laughs> Don't bend because of pressure. That's peer pressure. Don't be intimidated by the three and oh, zero, no. All right. I, I'm going to go with. Um, hmm. Go ahead. Go ahead. I will say Baker. I, gosh, I'd hate to go with a a repeat here, but I think Baker Mayfield's going to get a lot of playing time. I'm going to go with Baker. I wish I would have seen the schedule who they're playing. I should have looked, but I didn't. I, I think, thought about that. But yeah, it doesn't really matter. The, the Bills <laughs> are playing the Browns and uh, the Jets. I'm not oh, sure wow. yet. So they, so they play each other. They're playing each other. Yeah, Josh yeah. Allen Baker. Yeah. Hey, and the, for this last one, Mitchell Trubisky. Remember him? He was number two overall pick last oh. year. Yeah, so he's been kind of a bit underwhelming so far in you know just in his career he had he went two for four for four yards passing in in the first game this past week so he'll probably only play one drive against denver this saturday night so over under 29 and a half passing yards for mitchell trubisky brian <laughs> so how much playing time is he gonna get he's probably only gonna get one drive because he didn't play in the hall of fame game and then he only uh-huh. played one drive in this past week on thursday you got to go over, man. There's a chance that he gets a little bit more playing time. I think he's probably going to get a couple of drives. And worst case scenario, he gets one drive. He still could go over. You got to go over on this one. You know, my friend, here's where you're wrong. Because oh, I will boy. tell you about Mitchell Trubisky. If he played four quarters, he'd still get under 29. What? That's the way. Look that's how big. That's yes, true. Didn't he have like 11 bad. yards in yes, a game? Yes. Something like that? <laughs> Trubisky, because number one, he hands it off all the time, and he just can't pass the football. So oh, if he played four it. quarters, he got under 20. So this is an easy. Stop this is a gimme. <laughs> this is a softball question. It's under, baby. Softball under. in my direction, Andy. That's yeah, outrageous we'll by you. Goodness. Yeah. You make him out yeah. to be. Like, worse than Deshaun Kaiser or something like that. It's not we'll that see. bad. I can't wait till next week. All right. Well, yeah. And in, in next week's edition of me trying to ruin 3 0 and 0, here we go. That's all yeah, you got. Yeah, I know. Hater. And the NFL has even more problems on its hands. And no one firm will tell you all about it. Where? On Fox Sports Sunday. Next. The dumbest rule ever. That's coming right up. But right now, it's time to say, wake up. It's that time to say good morning, America. Yes, it's Fox Sports Sunday. He's Brian Noah. I'm Andy Furman. We're coming to you live from the Fox Sports Radio Studios, brought to you by GEICO. 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit GEICO.com for a free rate quote. Here he is, my guy in the hour of power, also known as the power hour, the one and only powerful man in sports, the hardest working man in show business, Brian No. Hello, B. What's going on, Andy Furman? Good to be with you here on a Sunday morning. As always, my friend, we are inching closer and closer to NFL games that actually matter. And you know what's funny? We're not that far away, man. I'm glad you mentioned that because I want to throw back for a second and and pick up on what Kevin Figures, who's doing a wonder. I love Kevin Figures. I really do, doing the sports updates. K-Fig is the man. K-Fig, number one on the uh, Twitter account. And the top of the hour, he gave those baseball scores and the Baltimore Orioles, who dropped the doubleheader yesterday, they're thirty-five and eighty-three. Do you know that they are the <laughs> fastest and fastest team ever to be eliminated from postseason play in the history of baseball? We're talking about the twelfth of August. The fastest team ever. I mean, think about being a season ticket holder for the Orioles in Baltimore right now. I mean, really, it's over. This season is over. That's why By it's got to change. Are they, Andy? Are they on pace to have the worst season ever in baseball history? 
Well, the 1962 uh, what's the worst season in terms of losses, the highest amount of 62 losses? Mets were 40 and 40 and 120. 120, 40 yeah. and 120. So yeah, they, they played got a, just shot. a couple fewer games. Yeah, they got a shot back then than now. Yeah. Um, yeah, they got a shot to get to 120 is the mark. That's what they're yeah. trying to. Well, I know I, they're not I, trying to beat it, but they might I, beat I, it. <laughs> you know, here's the thing: like, if I was playing Major League Baseball, if I was a manager or maybe the GM, like, if I got no shot to do anything. I'm not going to tell a team to throw the games, but I would like maybe just bring up their entire minor league team and say, look, play, because at least we could like drum up some PR and say we're going to go for the record. I know it's a negative record, but at least it's something to talk about. Really? No, no. You, I would no. do that. No. I would do that. Because I'm a showman. You know that I'm a showman. Oh, you don't You don't want to be the the team with the worst record ever. They're going to have it. It's well, like if well. you're losing 6 nothing and the other pitcher has a no-hitter going, you want to break it up. You're probably not going to win the game, but you want to break it up. You don't want to get no hit. Spirit I remember of competition, this. baby. I remember the 1972-73 Philadelphia 76ers. Why do I remember that team? Because they were coached by my late dear friend Roy Rubin. Roy Rubin used to coach basketball at LIU, Long Island University in Brooklyn. And then after that, he got a job coaching the 76ers. He was fired when the team was something like 4-38 and or 4-44. and They ended up winning nine games the entire year. But there was contests like in every, in every newspaper across the country. When will they win their next game? Will they win 10 <laughs> games? It was unbelievable. I mean, the 72-73 Sixers, that a guy named Luther Green. I remember watching Luther Green play in college. I mean, the fact that he even made the NBA was unbelievable. The guys that they had and that team. Remember Kevin Loggery? Remember him? He took okay, over. Okay, we got it. We're done with 1973 fun facts. It's records. With the if you, if you don't follow records in sports, then you don't follow sports. <laughs> I mean, really, that's what I think sports Ryan is all Dennis, about. I think he's got a fun fact for us in terms of losing. Go ahead. Well, yeah. I mean, do you want to be the Owen 16 Lions or the Owen 16 Browns? Like, those teams no. are infamous for just being yeah. terrible. No, well, you don't want to be that. I think that football's a different animal. I, I really do, because you play once a week, and there's obviously less games, and I don't think people remember the losses as much. I mean, Cleveland fans do, and I'm sure Lions fans do, but it's a different situation when you play, you know, only eight home games. And, you know, if you lose all eight of them, you know, hey, there's always next year. But you're playing Look, eight, 81 home games. Andy, I'll take you back in the hot tub time machine. Mine doesn't go all the way back to 73, but I will take you back to 2007 yeah. when the Dolphins almost went winless. Right. I and remember that. When, when Camarillo caught the touchdown pass against the Baltimore Ravens, I was living in Fresno at the time. Fresno, right. California, and I would go to the sports bar every single week and watch my Dolphins get crushed. And I'm like, oh, this is almost going to negate the perfect season in a way. Of course, right. the perfect season still stands no matter what. That but was 72. you would say, hey, hey, who's the only team that went undefeated? It would be met with, hey, hey, didn't they go winless too? You know yeah. that's how it would have gone down. Of course. And for them You're to right. finally win, it was Beautiful. Now it wait a minute. Any part of them going winless. Good. The perfect season. You remember that year? That was seventy two as well, wasn't it? I the wasn't perfect born season. yet, Andy Furman. I was Doesn't born make, in seventy seven. It's not I'm a question. No, no history. Well, I wasn't born when Babe oh, Ruth okay. played I in nineteen twenty two. In person, remembering no. it. Yeah, when of Babe Ruth I hit sixty it. home runs in nineteen twenty seven, I was not around. Believe me. But the <laughs> yes, point I, is that I, I am I'm aware. A, I'm a of student it, of baseball history. Asking. Yes, I yes. am in the loop as far as Thank the Dolphins you. being undefeated 
In 72, yes, I'm aware. Thank you. Now we move on, all right? All right. Speaking of football, I mean, uh, before this rule change in May, which I don't know what it did as far as a national anthem, I don't even want to go there anymore. I'm tired of it. There's been a changing of the guard. Back in 2015, Jen Walter was a summer intern with the Arizona Cardinals. Then the 49ers hired Katie Sowers as a full-time assistant. And now the Oakland Raiders, Kelsey Martinez, 26 years of age, was just hired as an assistant coach. And here's the deal. You know there's going to be some feedback in that locker room and fallout, rolling of the eyes, you know, why is she here? Uh, a, a grown man's going to say she never played the game. And here's my question. Go to college. You were in college. I was in college. And everybody goes to class. You have a pe- professor, female or male. No one questions the sexuality of a professor. Why would you question the sexuality of a coach who basically is a teacher? If, if, they, if they come with the goods and know their craft, why would you question it? Sure. Yeah, I mean, I'm good. Great. Thanks. Yeah, I don't see any problem with this whatsoever. If they're able to help players, if they're able to point out things technique-wise that they could be doing better to make them better athletes, sure. Why why would you dismiss? I mean, think about some of the greatest coaches in the history of the game. Bill Belichick didn't play in the NFL. He wasn't even close to it. Granted, he played football, but he didn't play every single position on the football field. And over the course of time, he's gotten a lot of information, has a lot of views on how to make players better at a lot of different positions that he didn't play. So the same translates to females that might not have, well, certainly didn't play in the NFL, but don't have extensive playing experience. Some of these girls do. Some of these girls did play football and do know what's what technique-wise. So sure, it'd be silly to just distance yourself only because they're females. That doesn't make any sense. I agree, and i tell you what, I would never want to match wits with any of these females. They probably know 10 eons more of football than I'll ever know. And that's their life, and they should, you know? And they say, you never played the game. You know, I, I hear that all the time. It doesn't make a difference. It doesn't really make a difference. If you know it and, and you, could, you could teach it, that's the key. If you could teach it, that's more important than playing the game. And I really believe that because, as you say, Bill Belichick, was he an outstanding player? No. He's been a great coaches uh, along in any sport. Uh, uh, Greg Popovich, what did he do? Did he play? I mean, he coached Division Three before he came to San Antonio. Division well, Three college. Of course, you think of Becky Hammond. That's the obvious tie-in right. with her being on that staff. And Becky Hammond was a phenomenal player. So she has the experience, and she can point out a lot of things. She'll be a head coach one day. Male she basketball be. players better, and she got an interview with the Milwaukee Bucks. We might not be that far out to seeing Becky Hammond be a head coach in the NBA. I'd like to see it. I really would. You know, speaking of the NFL, though, going back to the NFL and coaches, things like that, we talked that the Terrell Owens situation of being a no-show at the Hall of Fame induction, which basically I think he wanted because it was all about him. And the NFL and the Hall of Fame had a real problem with him being a no-show. Now the Hall of Fame, get this. This is amazing, really. The Hall of Fame wants to enforce a rule, a possible rule change that will require all inductees to show up in Canton for the enshrinement ceremony. Okay, sounds good. Well, how do you enforce it? Well, the 25 semifinalists for the Hall of Fame would now have to sign a document saying that they are definitely going to attend. Really? Oh, really? Well, what if somebody gets sick? I don't get it. And here's the, here's the kicker. Because I want to be the devil's advocate. What if I'm one of the 25 finalists for the Hall of Fame and I don't want to sign? What are you going to do? What if a player refuses <laughs> to right. sign? What happens yeah, then? It's just stupid. I understand they want these guys to be present. It's good for the Hall of Fame. It's it's just better that way. But it's 
moronic to be like, oh, we're not going to invite you to our little party if you're not going to show up. Like, <laughs> what if Peyton Manning, what if Tom Brady, they're like, no, we're just not going to be there in person. Right. You're going to keep him out of the Hall of Fame? That's absurd. That's just ridiculous to even go down this road. And think about that year by year. Imagine if, let's say for the sake of argument, Peyton Manning had some sort of conflict schedule-wise, and he just could not for the life of him be there. You're going to be like, all right, well, he's not going to be a first ballot guy, but maybe if his schedule clears up, we could have him in on the second ballot. It's just dumb. It's just silly. Well, you know, it's going to be sillier. If, in fact, this passes and they do have a rule, it's going to be called, at least by the media anyway, called the T.O. rule, which is a love. Yeah, right. It'll be called t- just like Tommy John surgery. I have no idea what Tommy John surgery really is, but I do know it's Tommy John surgery because it's named after him. So this rule will be called the T.O. rule, which basically he'd love. And they will call it the T.O. rule. You're right about that. You'd be giving Terrell Owens exactly what he wants by invoking this policy. So, no, 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 I don't. I don't think it's going to pass. I think that they'll come to them, their senses. I mean, this happens all the time. Well, they just magically float things out there. You know, let's just see how the media and how fans react to it. And it was met with nothing but venom. And like, are you guys that dumb? that You think this is a good policy? I don't see them actually, actually putting it in place. I, I don't think it'll ever happen. I really don't. But who knows? And if anybody has any ideas, they could more... And happily get to us on Twitter. You've had a couple of good tweets there, my friend, today. You really have. And how do you do that? At the No Show, at the N O E Show, at Andy Furman F S R. And I saw you got some little arguments back and forth with that picture situation on Twitter. You were going back arguments and forth. with the picture situation? No, or with schoolwork or something, school supplies. Oh, you, you had a protractor or something there. Oh, you no, know, there's no argument. But I'll. Oh. I'll clear the air coming up next, Andy. I'll give Sounds you a couple great. of tweets on the flip side. You know? Sounds great. 877 fox is our number. 877-996-6369. And, of course, bottom of the hour, make that 830 on the East Coast. We will have the Sheik himself, our NFL insider, Alex Marvez. That will be followed by Nose Picks. And, of course, we are live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. And if you're a geek... If you're a geek, admit it, raise your hand. If you're a geek, you really need to listen to this. Next, it's all about the nerds. We'll get to that in just about a minute. 18 past the hour. This is Fox Sports Sunday. He's Brian No. I'm Andy Furman. And by the way, I got some great news. There's a quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to Geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. And in less than 15 minutes, bottom of the hour, 8.30 Eastern, we'll have the chic Fox Sports Radio's NFL insider, Alex Marvez. But right now, my partner, Brian No has some tremendous tweets. I know that. Got a couple of tweets here at Andy Furman FSR at the no show. BJD says, oh man, the NFL pencil sets were the best. There's been some conversation on Twitter about NFL pencil sets. Do you remember those things, Andy? No, I don't go back that far. Really? Oh man, I love those too. Pencil just sets. pencils and it had a logo of your favorite team. Like, really? It had the same logo a good 175 times on one pencil. Just I'd all like to get one. It was great. Maybe I could get one on eBay, you think? Oh, yeah, you could find those things. I'll get you one. I'll get your beloved Bengals. I'll get you a pencil over there, Andy Furman. I love that, yes. Yeah, and Grizzly Chief, he checks in and says, one of the Chiefs players who protested last season talked this week about how he met with the owner recently. To prevent protesting, the owner agreed to match any charitable donations of the player. So, I mean, there are... 
There are ways. There's legitimate solutions. suggestions in terms of just in terms of business. How do you move on from the protests? Because the protesting isn't good for the league. We understand that it's not good from a business perspective. And what gets lost in the shuffle of this a lot of times, Andy Furman, is it's not as if the NFL is against the goal. Why the hell would the NFL be against the goal of black of people being treated better in this country? Of course. Most of the league is black. <laughs> like They wouldn't be against something like that. And what gets lost in the shuffle is the league pledged $89 million for player-supported causes. They gave $89 million for that. And they also voted to extend the fund matching program through 2022 where individual teams, they match the funds put up by players in support of community causes. All that gets lost in the shuffle when the NFL is just trying to figure out what they should do. They should get right. tough and say, if you violate it and you don't show respect while standing, this is the punishment that's in place. That's what they've needed to do going on three but years But that's never going to happen when you have a team like the 49ers who did nothing, when you have a team like the Jets when the owner says that it'll take care of the fines if they're fined. You can't do that. You have to get all these owners together yes, on the same that. page. Let me ask you this. With David Stern cracking down right. on Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf, because was that he the got, team? He did, right, was got, it the team that put that in place, or was it David Stern? Because it was he nipped David it in the Stern. Bud. Yes. The f- so you're the league. You don't let the 49ers or the Jets or one individual team push you around. You say, this is the policy. Exactly. This is what's happening. He's weak. He's a weak commissioner. He may be the worst commissioner in sports. It's just, look, from a business standpoint, I mean, think about it like this. If you're a parent... And you say you let your kid eat ice cream before bed for over two years. And then you say, all right, well, I'm putting a policy in place. No ice cream before bed. I, but well, I'm not going to enforce it just yet. I'm going to have some more conversations and I'll circle back and I'll let you know what's what. What do you think the kid's going to do? Keep on eating you think they're going to be like, you know what? I'm not going to have ice cream anymore. They're going to have the same all the thing, ice cream they can right. handle. Same thing you went to school, you know, if a teacher never collected your homework, you never did it. If a teacher's collecting homework and grading, teacher's collecting homework every day, you're doing the homework every night. That's basically what it is. You crack the whip and it gets done. You know, Roger Goodell didn't crack the whip. He didn't. You're right. And that's the thing. You don't get results by asking for them. You're not guaranteed to get results by asking for them. If you're like, you know, I would like you not to eat ice cream before bed. Do you think we can work out some sort of compromise? (laughs) (laughs) I can put the power there. It's probably not going to work out. You are guaranteed to get results by telling. Like, if you violate this policy, this is the punishment. Punishments work. Asking typically doesn't. Right. And there are problems out there, but Brian Noah and myself look for solutions. We really do. And we're going to tackle this one right now. Why baseball is hurting. Why is the sport oh, hurting? Why are, I know. Oh, I, see, as soon as I mentioned Lord. baseball, it's, it's boring. That's one of the problems. But it took <sighs> Jason Worth, who walked away from the game in June, for the answer. But apparently, Jason Worth is not a fan of analytics in baseball. He was on an appearance on the Howard Eskin podcast on WIP in Philadelphia, okay, the other day. And this is what the former MLB player had to say. Listen to Jason Worth. They've got all these super nerds, as I call them, in the front office that know nothing about baseball, but they they like to project numbers and project players, and I think it's killing the game. You know, you've, it's to the point where just put computers out there, you know, just put laptops and what have you, just put them out there and let, let them play. Don't even, we don't even need to go out there anymore. It's a joke. 
I love him because you know what? Gosh. He hit it right on the head. They're creating something that's no, not fun didn't. to watch. Yeah, they are. It's boring. You're turning plays at the robots. Do you know that? Boring. Now, now they're saying even though the Yankees are in second place behind the Red Sox, their launch angle of home runs are better than the Red Sox. Who in the hell gives a damn? Really? Nerd! Launch angles. There are too many stats. These super nerds, they Goodness. are killing the game of baseball. They're killing it. Don't let Jason Worth's idiotic comments influence yours, okay? You don't right. have to embrace every single little facet of analytics to embrace analytics in general, all right? Like, it's the dumbest thing. You're basically saying, hey, this information, get it out of here. I don't want it. Like, no, no. I, this is what I'm saying. This is what I'm saying. There's analytics in basketball. If you go on ESPN.com and go to team statistics, they break down everything. Points per minute, points per 48 minutes. That's fine. But they don't ram it down the fans' throat. Oh, in baseball, baseball, they ram analytics. Yeah, they no, do. They don't. Yes, they do. You no, hear the announcers don't. are talking about it. Watch any game, any game, radio or TV, those announcers are ramming it down your throat. No, they aren't. The-, the most they talk about is exit velocity. Who cares? That's as in-depth as they get. You don't have to embrace it. But if you're going to sit here and say it doesn't help at all when you're evaluating players and projecting, that's exactly what they're doing, projecting future performances. If you're sitting here telling me that analytics has no value whatsoever, oh, I didn't say you're that. a moron. No, that's no. all there is to it. No. You don't have to swear by it and sign up for every single little portion of analytics to say, overall, there's some good that comes from it. There is some good that comes from it, but I don't want to see it. I don't want to hear it. Let the let the front office people who are hired to do it, let them stay in their computers and do it. Basketball does it that way. I don't need to know about launch angles of home runs. I don't want to know about launch angles. Oh I mean, I read gosh. this stat. I think I read it in the newspaper this morning or yesterday that the Red Sox, are le- you know, they never lose. They're running away with it in the American League East, but the Yankees have better launch angles. Who cares? Who, you know what I care about? I care about wins, losses, you, batting look, average, man, and ERA. Look, That's it. You are one of these guys, Andy. Goodness, man. It'd be like there are drawbacks in everything in life. There are drawbacks. As much as I love the NFL, there are drawbacks with the game. I don't know exactly how this helmet rule is going to play out. But you it's know, not a statistical the, situation. The is a little bit too long. Like It takes a little long with the games. They're not as quick as like a soccer match. There are drawbacks, but if you just focus on that and nothing else, you're missing out on all of the good things. It's a similar thought with analytics. Don't just be hung up on, I don't want to hear about exit velocity, and that's it. That's all you look at it for being without seeing the benefits of some of those stats. No, wait a minute, time out. Why you would put it in just one compartment or the other. Like, I'm either for it in every single facet or I'm against it in every single facet. That makes no sense. Now, wait just a second, Mr. Hypocrite over here, because as soon as I mentioned baseball, you went, oh, boring. You got to tell me right now why you think the game of baseball is boring. Tell me no. why. And tell me why you're against Jason Look, Worth. I mentioned baseball. The you only went, thing oh, that boring. I, I objected to was, like, I thought we were having another conversation about what we can do to fix baseball for the well, 9, Jason Worth is telling time. You. That's what I thought. Thought we were doing. That's what I was like. Oh, no, he said, get rid of the super nerds that are killing the game. He said it. 
That's what he wants so to do. So that's going to help baseball. Let's just get rid of analytics. Analytics, it's basically the scarlet well, letter. What bothers you? We will not you? talk about it. We will not adhere to it. Get it out of the game. You no. think it's as popular as football if they just did that? That's what's dragging it no. down? But when I mention baseball and you say, oh, boring, tell me what, what could be done. No, well, man. Look, you're not listening. I didn't object to, oh, we're talking about baseball. I objected to, I thought we were talking about, hey, how do we fix baseball for the 9,000th time? That's what I was objecting to. All right? That's okay. all it was. Okay. So, in other words, you don't think that Jason Worth's comments are any way and any factor can fix baseball to some extent? I think that it brought a level of top-shelf dumb to this program. That's Ugh. what I think it did. Top shelf it's a dumb. joke to be like, oh, analytics, information, it's ruining the game and blah, blah. What he's getting at is, look, these guys with their protractors and their projections, you have to go away from the numbers at times and just go by what you see and gut feeling. There are things that analytics can't tell you. I completely agree with that. But, But to make it sound like there isn't anything beneficial with them is idiotic. You know what? It's though? just I, dumb. I think we're on the two two different pages right here. I, I agree that analytics are, are valuable, and they were a valuable source of information in scouting a player. I understand that, but it should be kept within the scouting situation, the scouting department. I don't no. think it should, should be gone no, to use as no. PR material. That's all no. I'm saying. Okay, fine. I mean, some of that we'll- stuff is interesting. It's not your cup of tea. Fine, but like to the point where that's all they talk about. It's a little portion. It's such a tiny percentage of an overall baseball game presentation. They mention an exit velocity once or twice, and you're making it sound like it's every other sentence. It's not. And if it's not your cup of tea, that's fine. I'm not trying to say it should be. I'm just trying to say it's not as prevalent as you're making it out to be. All right. So don't make it bigger than it is. The NFL, they do that with their next-gen stats, and they're like, hey, so he threw the ball 55 yards and it traveled at this speed and this player ran this mile per hour and maybe that's not your cup of tea, but they're not jamming it down your throat where that's all you hear about. Because there's too much action in the NFL. I think baseball is doing this because they need to fill voids. That's the problem. Maybe that's the problem. Maybe it's too long, too boring. I don't know, but they got to do something. Brian, no. Andy Furman live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios and the only time this team wins is in preseason. And Alex Marvez the Sheik tells you why next. But first, to the main man, Kevin Figures for the latest. All right, Andy, we'll start with throw-around action at the PGA Championship. Tiger Woods struggled a bit with his short game, made what could have been a great round into just a good round. Tiger shot a four under 66, birdieing five of the first eight holes, then proceeded to miss putts of 20 feet or fewer on seven of the back nine. Woods does enter today's action in a tie for sixth at four shots off the lead. Brooks Kepka does top the leaderboard at 12 under. He also shot four Four under 66 Saturday. Adam Scott in second place at two shots off the lead. John Rahm, Ricky Fowler, Gary Woodland all tied for third at three shots back. Online card shopping can be confusing. Not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. On the diamond, the A's steamrolled the Angels 7-0. Marcus Simeon with two home runs for Oakland. They have a one and a half game lead over the Mariners for the second wild card in the AL. Mariners did beat the Astros 
Astros 3 to 2. Pyro the Pirates, excuse me, spoil Barry Bonds jersey retirement with a 4-0 victory in San Francisco. Michael Franco in his 19th home run for the Phillies. They beat the Padres 5 to 1. Philly leading Atlanta by one game in the NL East after the Braves lost to Milwaukee. Guys, Thank you. Thank you, Kev. Have a great day. Alex Marvez coming right up right here on Fox Sports Sunday. He's Brian No, I'm Andy Furman. And welcome, everybody, to the Fox Sports Radio Studios brought to you by GEICO. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with GEICO. Go to GEICO.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Nose picks in about 10 minutes. But right now, to the Fox Sports Celebrity Hotline, the Sheik, Alex Marvez, Fox Sports Radio's Football Insider with Brian No and Andy Furman. Hello, Sheik. Good morning, gentlemen. I hope you are doing better than the Denver Broncos offense. How are things? <laughs> things are great. I want to talk about the Cleveland Browns because they only seem to win in preseason. They beat the Giants the other night. Rookie Baker Mayfield looked real sharp, but so did Tyrod Taylor. Will Hugh Jackson now be forced to start Mayfield, perhaps to keep his job? No, I don't know about that. You know, to be honest with you, I think that they want Tyrod Taylor to be the starter as long as they can until Baker Mayfield is ready. And listen, it was what you loved about what you saw from Baker Mayfield last night, and it's something you didn't see from Lamar Jackson in his first game, with, was how patient he was in the pocket. You know, his touchdown throw that he had, you know, you look at him going through the reads, right? And, and you know, the pocket is, is collapsing a little bit around him, but he looks and he finds, like, his fourth target. I mean, that's the sign of good quarterbacking when you have the ability to just stay there, keep your poise, keep your eyes looking downfield rather than worrying about everything else and, and losing track of what you're doing. So that's a real positive. You know, you have to wonder, okay, how's the NFL going to react to what's going on with Antonio Callaway? Uh, you know, we don't know what the status is, of obviously, of Josh Gordon. He's still MIA from their offseason program. Des Bryant may be coming to town, but does that mean that he signs with the Browns? I mean, listen, they're, they're not winning any Lombardi trophies anytime soon, but that being said, a positive start for the Browns. And I think those fans that were really worried, why did we draft Baker Mayfield? I hope we're feeling a little bit better about what the, what it was that the Browns saw in the young man that made him draft him number one. He looked pretty darn good. You know, Paxton Lynch ah. was just atrocious, man. <laughs> Hitting booed and former first-round pick. How much of this would you put on the Broncos for how they've handled him since he's been there and not being a starter until garbage time at the end of seasons? How much of the blame would you just put on Paxton Lynch for being bad? Uh, so this one is shifting, okay? I think where the blame is going. First, I think at some point the Denver Broncos front office, at the, at the rate it's going, will finally say we were the ones that made a mistake and we overdrafted a quarterback who, you know, had his moments at Memphis but really was a project. And then, you know, not being able to build an offense around him. Of course, putting him in a starting competition right away that he wasn't ready for. So he was deemed a disappointment when Trevor Simeon beat him out. And then on top of that now, they, they, what John Elway was telling me last week was, okay, we've changed the offense now so that the quarterback can just make quicker decisions. Everyone hated last year's offense. They were really disappointed with, with the job that Mike McCoy did. Mike seemed pretty insistent on running three wide receiver sets, and there was no third wide receiver, either a tight end or, or as a wide out, that commanded any sort of respect. In fact, if you look beside Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders, no other Broncos wide receiver caught more than 30 passes last year. It was a mess. So you go into this year, and it's like, okay, Bill Musgrave finally gets his fingers on, on this offense for an entire offseason. He puts in a plan that's supposed to, as what John was telling me, you know, play to packs and strengths, which was getting rid of the football quickly. Instead, he was so hesitant. When you watched him Saturday night, you know, and getting rid of the ball, and, and the fans are booing, and he's hearing it, and now he's getting pushed by Chad Kelly, the nephew of the great Jim Kelly, you know, at the University of Mississippi, Mr. Irrelevant from the 2016 NFL Draft. 
or 2017 NFL draft, rather. And, and I think, look, I, I think Paxton Lynch is in trouble. But you know who I think is in just as big a trouble there is Vance Joseph. I came away from that training camp just realizing, you know, John Elway himself saying it, that the jury is still out. You know, I'm Vance Joseph. Not that Vance did all these great things to improve this offseason, but I, I just got that feeling. I don't want to put words in his mouth, but you know that John Elway wants Gary Kubiak as his head coach, but Gary can't do it physically. He's hoping Vance Joseph evolves into a Gary Kubiak-type coach. So far, I'm just not seeing signs of that happening. Let's talk, Sheik, about Sam Donald, outstanding for the Jets in his debut the other night. In fact, if you saw the copy of the New York Daily News yesterday, the tabloid on the back page, they didn't call him the Messiah, they called him the Jet Sire. So I look at that and say, it's not so much fan pressure, it's going to be media pressure that's going to force this kid to start quarterbacking for the Jets. Well, you know what, it does play a role into it, at least with the old Jets, right? As you yeah. remember, does, the, does the Daily News still have writers, or was that like a wire story? The true well, reading after they, they fired they 20 it. guys. They only got nine people left in the sports department, I think. <laughs> I know. It's, it's just one of the saddest things you've ever seen. At least the headlines are still good, right? Yeah. But, uh, when, it, when it comes to that, you know, well, how is this Jets organization going to be run? And it's weird, too, because, gosh, I mean, I just I don't get it with Todd Bowles. I watch him on the sideline, and I watched a lot of that game. And I just I don't get that presence as a head coach. Does that make sense? Like, like he, he stands there, and he's so stoic, and he doesn't talk. You know, he's just well, like observing, and he's not contributing anything. And I just, I don't get it. Maybe the style works for him. So far with the Jets, the past couple seasons, it really hasn't. Listen, if there's a pressure by the by the people, Mike McCagnan and Todd Bowles, even though they both got contract extensions, to get this young man on the field and say, look, we're we're bringing Sam Darnold along as fast as we can. Give us the chance to develop him. You won't be disappointed. We'll have a good team around him by 2019 or so. Maybe Jets management buys it, but. You know, while they looked good, I, I just really just don't don't get a great vibe about the skill position players on this Jets team and what's going to happen when the games are for real. I just I, I'm not seeing the talent there that can support a Sam Donald, but at least he looked the part on his end. But again, you know, as defenses get a little bit trickier as, as the season approaches and they're not all just playing vanilla style attacks, then things are going to change, mistakes are going to be made, and there are plenty in store for all these rookie quarterbacks. You know, Alex, you look at the five first-round rookie quarterbacks this year, and if I could tell you that one of them is going to be a superstar, like suspend reality, suspend disbelief, let's just say for the sake of argument, one of these guys turns out to be just top-shelf awesome. Which guy do you think would benefit the league the most if they turn into that type of star? You know, I think the way that Baker Mayfield plays football would benefit the league, and I think the same thing goes to, for Lamar Jackson to an extent if he's going to continue to run with the football. I mean, Baker's just exciting. You know what I mean? It was like, and, and I know people have always compared him to Johnny Mandel for like off field because he had a, you know he had an alcohol related arrest, and they noticed some of the characteristics as far as a guy who's just trying to will his team to win, and as demonstrative as he is. But I think that that type of style, that type of approach, is something that the NFL would love to see from their quarterback and would and would draw younger fans and keep them, you know, tuning into games and you know, the great story about the Browns resurrecting and how that would, would help the league in a big time way. And I think too with Lamar Jackson the ability to make plays with his legs. I mean he was so spectacular at Louisville that maybe if he can bring that same thing to the NFL, they would love to see that as well. You know, we just don't know how some of these more traditional style quarterbacks, you know, Josh Rosen, Josh Allen, Sam Darnold, how they're gonna fare ultimately in their careers. So, you know, they may become great dropback passers and I'm not trying to knock their athleticism, but these two guys, when it comes to exciting style football that I think appeals to younger fans, I think that's where the NFL would love to see Bloss. 
Alex Marvez, here's a story I think it's really gone under the radar, but how concerned really are the Kansas City Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes, their quarterback, on his interception rate right now? Yeah, you know, I'm heading to Kansas City after I leave Jacksonville here, so I'm going to have a better answer for you firsthand on Monday. But I think Andy, listen, Andy Reid is patient. Sometimes, as Eagles fans may tell you from the Super Bowl, too patient. I think that fourth-quarter drive is still going on against the Patriots from Super Bowl 39. I digress, but, I mean, he gets it. He gets that Mahomes doesn't have he doesn't have a ton of game experience. He didn't play in a pro-style offense when he was in college. He knows that there are going to be some mistakes to be had. So, And I think he's just, you know, I think he's willing to live with that. Look, the thing to me that concerns me is the defense as much as anything. How are they going to stop the run? Reggie Ragland comes to training camp. He's got a bulky knee already. Their linebacker depth is really thin after letting go of Derek Johnson. Anthony Hitchens is battling a hamstring injury. He's not out there. What's Justin Houston have left at this point in his career? A guy who had 20-plus sacks a couple years ago, but lately has really been struggling without any complimentary pieces. I mean, you know, what Patrick Mahomes would benefit from is going to be a great defense. And, and the more, if he doesn't have that and he turns the football over, it's just going to compound problems for the Chiefs. That's why most people think, and oddsmakers think, this is probably an eight-win Kansas City Chiefs team, mm. even though the division, to me, doesn't look like it's in, it, it's all that great of shakes. You know, we saw Kirk Cousins get his first action with the Minnesota Vikings. He was 12th in passer rating last year, if you want to go by more than just a preseason start for the Vikings. But the type of player that he is, the type of team that the Vikings have, are they your pick to come out of the NFC? They look spectacular last night, right? I mean, if we're judging by one preseason game, the way that Kirk Cousins made his Minnesota debut, you really couldn't ask for anything more. He looked like he played in that system for years. I think that's the thing that you like the most. They came out prepared on Saturday night. This this was a great start to their preseason. Um, but the, the team, I'm just telling you, I, I don't know. I like New Orleans. I like New Orleans a lot. Mm-hmm. I just think that even with the Mark Ingram suspension, that they're going to be able to put up points. I think that they put together the pieces of a really good defense. I think they had depth to weather the storm. I mean, a lot's going to depend on how quickly Marcus Davenport develops, whether he can become a real force as an outside pass rusher right away in his career to help you know complement Cam Jordan and company. But I just think the Saints team, they, they may be legit. For real, darn good, man! It's so the NFC is so tough. It is just you know you wonder can the NFC for a season trade a couple teams to the AFC yeah. to raise the level of competition there? Can we put the Rams over? Can we, you know what I mean? Can we put the Rams over there? Can we put the Vikings over there? You know, some of these teams are just so darn good and so promising. And I don't even mention the Eagles yet. But man, but if you're a Vikings fan and after what you saw last night from Kirk Cousins, you got to be thrilled. The team's front office has to be thrilled. Hey, they got eighty four million dollars. You know, tied up in this guy, and he is so far doing everything that they have wanted. Sheik, we're always thrilled with you, but it's time to say goodbye. Have a good trip to Kansas City. We'll talk to you next week. Mazel tov, gentlemen. Be good. He's the man, Alex Marvez, Fox Sports Radio's NFL insider. And, of course, he's Brian No, I'm Andy Furman, and we're live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Is there a test of strength more pure than this? We'll tell you next. Brought to you by Progressive Insurance, creators of the Name Your Price tool. Choose from a range of coverage options and pick the price that works for you. Visit Progressive.com today. Nose picks coming right up. That's Brian No, He's my partner. I'm Andy Furman. And, of course, top of the hour. That'll be 9 o'clock Eastern. That's about 11 minutes from now. The wonderful duo of Mike Harmon and Ephraim Salam will follow us. You get them on iHeartRadio, the iHeartRadio app, and many of these same Fox Sports Radio affiliates. And, of course, don't forget SiriusXM Channel 83. But right now, it's time for the best part of the show, Nose Picks. Let's do it. Are you ready for it? Bright Sparky. Bright Sparky. 
Here's the deal. Are you in desperate need of gambling insight? Do not fear, for Brian No is here. And now the time has come for Nose Picks. All right, Andy Furman, we are back on the yes. winning track, baby. Right. Two and ba- one last week. Plus side, we're earning money for the people of America over here. So we're going to try to do the same thing this week. I'm looking at the Red Sox Orioles total. It's eight and a half, and Chris Sale is pitching for the Red Sox. I'm money. going with the under. And I'm hoping that the Red Sox don't score 19 runs before this thing is over and done with, right? So I'm going to take the under 8.5 in the Red Sox-Orioles game. I'm looking at the D-backs. You know, your Cincinnati Reds aren't half bad this year, Andy. Offensively, they're pretty good. They had a little pitching. They'd be dangerous. Yeah, they're they're not a doormat. They're getting no. better, but I think they lose the first today. Two. I'm going with the D-backs. D-backs, one, minus 125 on the road. I'm going Arizona to win this game outright. And then the Sunday night game, Max Scherzer going for the Nationals at the Cubs, Cole Hamels pitching for the Cubs. The Cubs are underdogs at plus 135. I'm going with the home dog. Dogs are barking, Andy Furman. I got the Cubbies taking down the Nationals. What do you, you think You know what, though? I, I look at this. This could be a sweep for you today. This could be a sweep. I'm, I'm liking it. I really do. Could be well, a I hope sweep. so, man. But as long as we're on the plus side. We're searching yeah. for two and one. If we're three and zero, oh, even better. But we got to get on the plus side and earn some money. You know what I'm saying? I hear you. I you hear, hear you. me. Hear me. All right, Andy. It's the time of the program. You can go your own way. Anything serious? Anything fun? Get it off your chest now. Thank time, you. I will friend. do that right now. By the way, I want to remind everybody we're live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. You know, I, I have never heard of this. Have you ever heard of the uh, Scotland's famous 732 pound Dinny Stones? Have I you have heard not. of it? No. I have not. I, I saw this story the other day. I had Who? to share it with you. Scotland has a famous 732-pound Dinny Stone. They're so heavy, most strong men can't lift them. But a 29-year-old Australian has become the first woman, the first woman, I said, in almost 40 years to do so. Leigh Holland Keane, who works as a nurse, completed the ultimate strength challenge in front of hundreds of people in Aberdeenshire the other day. The granite boulders are so tough to raise that most people who try, fail it. Uh, she ho- hoisted the thing 65 times. 65 times. She's a beast. I had to go on computer to see what she looked like. She is a true beast, <laughs> like an American ninja warrior. That's what she is. Take it away, B. I love that you described it as going on computer to read up more on this Online, baby. Online. Yeah. You had to go on computer to the read interweb. up. The interweb. The interweb. It's good. All right, so I'm going to go with Courtney Lee of the New York Knicks. And he was left off of a promo on Instagram. There's this graphic with the schedule being released. And it's got nine players on this thing. As you know, Andy Furman, it's not exactly a 53-man roster in the NBA. There was no Courtney Lee on this. And so New Era Knicks, they posted this. And it said, is Courtney Lee done in New York? Oh and Courtney Lee replied to it, and it's just a crying while laughing emoji face, and it says, there I go. So it looked like he was having some fun with this. He wasn't in his feelings with the whole thing. A lot of athletes that get very sensitive about this, but it didn't seem like Courtney Lee was bent out of shape. But it's just funny. When you look at the graphics of this thing, you can point out um, the unicorn here. 
You can look at Porzingis, <laughs> and then you're like, I, mm, I'm kind of drawing they, a blank They can't the get anything the right on the quarter off the court. <laughs> right. It's unbelievable. You know, uh, Gordon Lee looked things. like he took it the right way, though. Did you see this story about Bill Snyder? Signed a five-year coach of a contract. Yeah, the yeah, coach I football. saw that. He's seventy-eight yeah. years old. He may not outlive the contract. I hope he does, though. That's a great story. Seventy-eight years so. old. Yeah, and there's also this. Before we get on out of here, Andy Furman, Donovan Mitchell. Shout yes. out to the Jazz stud player. Yeah, he gave a yes. young girl named Maya, who's a cancer patient, a pair of shoes in person. Went over there to see her, wish her well. You know, bring her spirits up. Stuff like that doesn't get talked about enough. So shout out to Donovan Mitchell and all the other athletes doing cool things like that. I think that. it's wonderful. I tell you what, you have a wonderful day, an even better week. Don't work too hard, but you're going to be there every day grinding it out in Portland. I love you to death. Stay tuned right here on Fox Sports Radio. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Anne Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Now playing only in theaters. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes film.com to get tickets now. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. Five to six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota. Let's go places.